Um, but let's start with coffee cup. Let's start with younger Jerry, um, who had a lot of hair. Yes. I came across a picture of you when you were playing on the Charlotte Hounds. And that, what year was that? 2012. The okay, so that was, the that was where year. I, fr- yeah, that was my first year in the league. So I, that was the mm-hmm. you that I Had encountered. Met, yes. Um, and since I've gotten to know, but it was just like weird seeing that picture with like that long hair. Were you, were you begin, beginning to bald at that time? I know you're no. very, I wouldn't force you down an avenue of conversation about no no not at all but I'm very proud of, of exactly of, of yeah. where of where I am right now and it was actually my biggest I was very self-conscious about losing my hair mm-hmm. like and I went to uh, I actually went to like a hair clinic and they were like you know for 20 grand we'll put, get you a full head of hair and I'm like there's no <laughs> that, that's you're lying to me but I want to believe it and like uh-huh. anything I researched I was like dude yeah. just shave your head uh-huh. and like I like literally I, I still have the video on my phone I sat there with the buzzer and I just went through the top of my head I was like this is the best decision of my life because uh-huh. I, I killed the one thing that was like holding me back. I used to sit there, you comb it forward. You, yeah, all right, yeah, two yeah. more hair. Right, so we're you good. worried about your hair? I was worried about just looking like I was bald, uh-huh. and I was like, well, if I look bald, I may as well just go bald. And that was that was the real, you know, you just jump off the bridge. You're like, oh, the, the water's not that deep. Yeah, it was fine. exactly. And Once also, you got rid of it, that's that's what happened when I cut my hair. Yeah. I'm like, I'm ashamed to admit it, but. I was making my life way harder. Way harder. A full head, a full a head of hair, like especially long hair, you ponytail and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, just like, there's so many, you know. And you having and you to wait were, for it to dry, yeah. looking homeless. The confluence of all those things made yeah. it like a no-brainer to get rid of. But you, so you had, you were like around the time of the man bun, where it was like kind of acceptable. Like uh-huh. me, I was just people were like, "Why do you have a ponytail, you loser?" Like stop yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. then like as soon as I cut my hair, it's like man bun's totally in. Yeah. Like, oh, all right. And then it became two in, so maybe two that's in, why yeah. I got to. I mean, you are, you you know. I rocked the dreadlocks at the end, and that was full blown. That was a cool move. Homeless. That was, but that was really cool. That was like, probably like. Like if you were a Pokemon card, that would be the most cherished Gibby. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Was that like was my. I was a highly <laughs> evolved form, um, but it was the type of thing where like weddings were coming up and people yeah. were asking me, like, like, "What are you gonna do?" Yeah, my best friend's uh, now wife was like, "Thank you for cutting your hair." Like that yeah. came up at the yeah, wedding. If it, if it was she your thought parents, I did it for her, which was a yeah, delusion. That's, fine. that's your gift. <laughs> but I wrote it. I, I went with it. I'm like, yeah, you know, had to do it. Um, all right, so young Jerry, you went to RIT. You played, but prior to that, you played, or did you play multiple sports there? Uh, no, I was going to play hockey at RIT, but they wanted to send me up to Canada for like X amount of years. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. So yeah. I'll stick with lacrosse. Trip to Canada for a couple of years sounds fun, though. Uh, I mean, you. Young the, Jerry at, was at the time, naive. you could just drive straight up there. <laughs> we, we used to go to Niagara Falls all the time and then just head back home. So you opted out of playing hockey? Opted out of playing in, hockey. But in high school, you played. In hockey, I was a three sport athlete, hockey, football, lacrosse. Football, yeah, okay. Yeah. So all um, the. All the violent sports yeah all the hurt your head sports mm-hmm. um <clears throat> jerry wouldn't fare well at basketball oh it was abysmal at basketball uh-huh. just couldn't understand how you c- couldn't stop somebody uh-huh. running in front of you you had to do it with your feet i'm like i don't get it yeah just same did. with my dad my yeah. dad played hockey growing up and he was just like he doesn't like it for that reason he's like hit him I'm like that that's push him like out of the way. The de- it's a definition of a foul you're not allowed to yeah, touch the guy and so it wasn't for him or me yeah that i played soccer, a little bit growing it. up um, so let's talk about RIT and just your time there. You faced off? Were you a, uh, were you a full-blown I, midi? I was a full-blown midi when mm-hmm. I got up there. I only took, like, a few face-offs in high school, like, for fun. I was like, coach, can I take the face-off? Because there were, you know. Oh, so you went, you were just a. I was just a midfielder. Okay. Yeah. And you were I got, a civilian. I was a civilian, yeah. <laughs> I got up there, and my, my high school was not a, like, we lived in between Summit 
Oh, it looks dangerous. Yeah, that was a <laughs> that little was, wow, operation. That was, that was incredible. Um, we lived in between um, Summit and Morristown, which had Del Barton and, at the time, Summit. Um, high school were two of the biggest powerhouses in the state, but we were just a new. Like, I started playing my sophomore year in high school when we my high school got the sport. So, mm-hmm. like, we were brand spanking new, varsity program. Never picked up a stick before. My buddy was like, hey, like, come out to this winter league game. Here's a stick. Mm-hmm. And had a great time. I was like, oh, yeah, this this sport rules. Wound up, like, shooting holes through, like, my parents' fence in the backyard because we didn't have a net or anything like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I could do this sport forever. It was, like, like practice. So what, what age was that? You were? I was 16. 16 so years old when you started. Yeah, so 2003. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I graduated in 05. So, yeah, I had only been playing for three years uh, when I went to college and wow. I was kind of a preferred walk-on uh-huh. like I was recruited but they were like we're full in D3 they don't do you know scholarships and stuff like that so they were like get into school and we'll you know we'll see if we have a spot for you and then when we got this got in fortunately had to retake all my SATs and stuff like that because I was a dummy and anybody watching do your homework so you can get into the school that you want to go to <laughs> you heard it you heard you it heard, from Jerry you heard it here from First Coast um just turn the screen around so we can monitor. Yeah, that's why, that's why Canon's awesome. They got the flippy screen. Yeah, um, you know the camera. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, got up to RIT, and when I got there, nobody was nice. All the freshmen hated each other because they all knew we were all going out for each other's jobs. Mm-hmm. And, and after fall ball, um, our coach hated cutting people. So he did an interesting thing, and I, I kind of respect it. He would give you the opportunity to either stay with the team or red shirt telling you that you would never see a play on the field. Mm-hmm. And so if you, took that, a... if you took that red shirt, you're basically cutting yourself. Yeah. And he went in alphabetical order. So I talked to everybody before even walking in the door. So he sits me down. He goes, you know, Jerry did a great job this fall. Um, you know, we, we have our guys, and you're not going to see it, you know, probably any time this year. And, like, he couldn't even say, like, you're not going to see Tom. I was like, no, I'll, I'll stay on the team. <laughs> and then, and so you – his so trick I, didn't work. trick didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so basically, I just willed my way through. You know, they were like, oh, "What are we gonna do with this kid?" They're like, "All right, go with the face-off guys." And there were two All-Americans in front of me that would just beat on me every. So single that's where day. the turn happened to yes. Fogo. Do you remember the day? I remember. Was it like here's a red penny, Jerry? <laughs> no, they <laughs> go just, with those boys. They sent over me there. over there, and I just remember them them showing me how to hold the stick, uh-huh. like traditional grip, which uh-huh. these guys did. I wanted yeah. to do moto grip, and they're like, "That's uh-huh. not how you do it." I was like, "Well, I bench press a lot, so." It should work like this. Like, no, it's not how we do it. Yeah. And you I also would, have a huge forearm. I noticed it oh, when really? we were walking around. I didn't think I, didn't think I did. But you I do. Pretty, wow, you that, do. Wow, that's like, uh-huh. this is a big day for me. But it's a comparative thing. So mine are particularly that's small. Fair. But yours are large. Like your, evident, ha- your hair looks like never ending. So. Evidence I mean. of work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you end up a face-off guy. I end up a face-off guy. I sat behind a, uh, a two- or three-time All-American while I was up there, and Jake Brunner, and he kind of taught me the ropes and – I just wasn't good at, like, the traditional style of facing off, so I kind of honed my craft and figured out how to do at the time was what they called double overgrip. And then once I got good at that, this article came out on Alex Smith. They were, like, the moto grip king. And I'm uh-huh. like, ah, shit, I thought I came up with that. Like, What's double overgrip? Uh, the moto grip. You ride a tricycle. Oh, okay. Ring, ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, okay. So people used to make fun of me in summer ball. Like, there was a big, like, uh, summer league circuit down uh-huh. in Jersey, and, like, all the Hopkins guys would come up and play. and. And they would see me come over double grip. They're like, "Oh, you got you got tassels on your tricycle." I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I have tass- <laughs> ring, ring." Like that was and the that, joke. And now that's become the that's the prevalent per- move. preferred way. And also, it's going back, like going things going for full circle as we move forward. I think standing traditional grip is coming back in a big way. So 
So, I mean, I guess uh -huh. the position eats its own in so many senses. Yeah, you'll have to run me through some of the more specific. Oh, happy, happy I never says. really look at the specifics of what's going on up there, you know. As long I just the ball hope gets that my you, team gets fine. the ball yeah. and it's a fast break for a quick lefty finish. That's kind of what I hope for. Yeah. Um, so, all right, so you end up a, a specific face-off mm -hmm. guy, a FOGO, if you Fogo. will. I, I, was, I was the truest sense of a FOGO because okay. this was before mesh companies came out with mesh that you could actually like use after a face-off uh -huh. so I would, <laughs> I would pick up the ball and it would look like i was running with an egg in the yeah. spoon and like uh -huh. you can't evade anybody like that so yeah. like you, it was horrendous and i remember a company finally came out with mesh that was like soft like, uh -huh. but it wasn't soft mesh it was mesh that was soft enough to use it was like covered in wax and all uh -huh. this stuff Who that was you would it? get everywhere it's a company called mark mesh the, yeah that's what someone here yeah. has mentioned that that was like a big turning point yeah it was, it, it was the turning point uh -huh. like for like as for their for all their shortcomings as some people will say uh to the company with like the pricing and all that stuff and like listen they were doing something that wasn't available you name a price and people uh -huh. gotta pay it um the stuff worked and so after that you get the ball on your stick and you could actually be a somewhat of a midfielder you know you could pass yeah yeah you it could allowed pass for, the ball yeah, yeah. it allowed exactly. you to get into shooting drills you know yeah. which was which was nice yeah yeah to the detriment of the rest of the team yeah but, i mean hey um, listen we're, we're, pe we're people too <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I always like your approach and that how straightforward you are about like like when i said you were fogo there are some people who'd be like what'd you say you're a very specialized player who doesn't take it too seriously when you can't. I, I say a joke like that. Yeah, well, you right? can't. It's like, it's like saying, hey, hey, long stick, go up there and play attack. It's yeah, like, I would, it's yeah not the position. that's what it's like, it's, I actually made that comparison. Like, face-off guys are very specialized. Like, no one inherently tells you you can't shoot or play lacrosse or et cetera, mm -hmm. go on offense inherently because you're a face-off guy. It's it's not a chicken and the egg thing. It's usually that face-off guys have a very specific skill set mm -hmm. and are less talented at staying on with the ball. Otherwise, I'm trying to win. I wouldn't if Jerry was a prolific alley dodger who could bury the corner. I'd be like Jerry, don't go off. Like stay mm -hmm. on. But it's how it works out is the specialization kind of makes that type of player a little bit. I think lacrosse in general is a specialized position for sure. Sport. I, it's like, like you, it's, you put that you can't put an attackman down close no, to the because exactly. they're going to go on him it, every it's time. It's happened you're, you're to me gonna, a few sad times. Exactly. So if you're if you're a faceoff guy and you're like, don't slide to the faceoff guy. Okay. Well, guess what? You're not going to slide to the pole that's running up the field anyways. Yeah. And he's on one side of the field and the uh -huh. attackman's on the other side of the field. My part of the field is just much smaller and my position just tends to be uh, it. It, it's over quicker. Exactly. And yeah. in my opinion, you're just objective about the matter and you're not emotional, right? No, you don't, not you're not looking for credit where it's not due. No. And you know, a I, guy like Zach Courier or Trevor Baptiste, who are more overall talented lacrosse players, mm -hmm. I wouldn't tell, I wouldn't be like, yo, Trev, don't shoot with the offense. I think because every, he like scores two pointers. Yes. He's, he's got one. Trevor, I love you, but you have one two-pointer. <laughs> well, a two-pointer. <laughs> but point being, like, that's an objective approach about what his skill set. And yes. you've always been a guy, which I think is admirable. You know your job. You enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And you don't take it too seriously that it's so specialized. And you make a valid point that me, say, a crease attackman, is just as specialized. I mean, no one would encourage me to go back on defense or exactly. you know, draw up a play. Yeah. <laughs> like I like when people like they're like, Oh, the face off, we gotta get rid of it. It's it's killing uh -huh. the game and 
Like, dude, like, what, you just want 12 guys running up and down the field to, like, to yeah, from end I, to I, end? What is, your, what is your take on that? I mean, obviously, a lot of this chat will be inherently veered down face-offs because yeah. it's what you do. But the face-offs were a big part of, like, the Olympic sure. proposals, right? Yeah. And you get people often saying, like, get rid of the face-off. What's your, ta- your take is that? My take is very similar to the, the take in hockey with fighting. It's like, all right, we're going to let some fighting happen, but, like, you can't take off your helmet. If you start trying to hamstring the, the position, just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't make it so you can only do this, that, and the other because you're, you're stopping creativity, which is, you know, it's the creator's game. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's why Lyle Thompson's so incredible is because he is so creative in the position. Um, you know, I think same thing with face-off guys. If you make everybody just stand, well, then you're stopping guys who would be great on a knee. If you make everybody that, that could be great standing – by going on a knee, they don't have the opportunity to to do what they could do in mm-hmm. the, in the sport. That's why Zach Currier is such a great lacrosse player. Is because he didn't just train to be a faceoff guy; he trained to be a midfielder that faces off, which is how I tried to train my guys. Um, and I think that's the next generation of okay. faceoff. Yeah, that, think... that's where the fogo is going to go because coaches. Well, when I talk to coaches now, they don't want fogos. They don't want a kid who uh-huh. can't run up and down the field twice without needing oxygen. They want a guy who's going to use a stick that can carry, catch, and throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Listen, the faceoff guy only has to throw the ball once. It's up to any, everybody else in the field if it comes back to him. Yeah. But that's, it's better for the team if the ball can come back to a guy that's on the field. Yeah. And you can stop a guy who can't, from getting off the field that can't play defense. It's, I think it, you're going to eventually see is that Fogos are going to become food for the faceoff athletes. And yeah. those faceoff athletes makes are, are, are going to be second-line midfielders yeah. at these schools as well as faceoff guys. And they'll have two of them. So two guys are going to share the duty instead of a Trevor Baptiste situation where he takes, you know, 6,000 draws over his entire yep. career, you know, type of deal. Well, yeah, for sure. Well, some face-off guys, the Fogo type, mm-hmm. we'd, I mean, I would encourage them to treat the ball like a hand grenade. Like, yes, just move the ball. Get, yeah, that, imagine it's going to blow up. Mm-hmm. Just find us. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, think, I think the way the game is trending, if you're watching any of the PLL side of things, is we used to have, like, a, a, a fraction of a second to throw the ball to somebody, mm-hmm. and that fraction of a second is now gone. So you need to now be a guy who cannot just pick up the ball and then run a few steps uh-huh. and throw it. You have to be a guy that can pick up the ball and in the same step look up and put the ball to the right spot. Yeah, which is or big. decide whether or not you're going to shoot it, right? And that's yes. become a common – every face-off guy is pretty good. Not every, that's a, a misstatement, but <laughs> – most of them, if you don't slide to them, can bury an on-the-run shot because that's a key, a, especially in the PLL. Yeah, the it's also up. the field's so much shorter now, so you're not running as far. Exactly. Like, like, I mean, I remember in camp before I got this, uh-huh. I mean, I was in the crease and I had no idea. I was like, I normally take 22 steps to get to the cage. Now it's like 15. So, like, my body just wasn't used to, mm-hmm. all right, like, how many times do I have to, like, keep my stick in front of me before I pull up for a shot? It's, it's certainly very, very different. Yeah. And I think you'll see a lot more. As the season progresses, I think you'll see a lot more face-off guys taking just straight down the run, low to high bouncers, because bouncers you, go. Yeah, they go. <laughs> and it's always a good possession shot for you boys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think, like, let's go back to college, and then it, it just bleeds into the – the more – say, so you're saying guys are going to be more complete face-off athletes. Yes. If a guy in college is – all right, let's take it back to high school. But they all – it compounds on each other. If you want to be a face-off guy in college, usually you have to specialize in high school. Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, if a guy in college is a face-off athlete, so he's allocating 
15% of his practice to mm. sheer monotonous whistle rep, you know, one after the other, and he's allocating 85% to actually playing, is he going to lose to that guy who at another school is just repping it out? So it's like that's the fine line, right? Uh, I think there's two different schools of thought. Uh, I t- tend to take a more macro than micro view on this. Okay. Uh, I think that winning the clamp doesn't mean anything anymore. Because if you're trained to be a face-off athlete, you can basically find out one of three places where the guy's going to put the ball. He's okay. either going to put it forward for a fast break, he's going to go out the back door, he's going to pop it through his legs. If you can just sit there and read where he's gonna, his shoulders go, mm-hmm. it's kind of like in, in football, they say watch the yep. hips because that's where he's going to go. If I watch a certain part of the guy's body, I can tell where he's going to put the ball. So if I'm more athletic than him and he pops that ball out, I can be on his hands before mm-hmm. he gets that ball up in the air. And he has to do one thing I don't have to do. He's got to pop the ball out of the back of his stick. So he literally has to release the ball up into the air, and I can just pick it up out of the air Yeah. if so I you'd, see fit. So you'd be in the, in the camp of I'm spend in, 20% of your time Yes, I think, okay. I think every face-off guy should be playing lacrosse in college uh-huh. because because it's done a, a back and forth right because it I was think there's like different schools of thought full specialization yes. and now it's dipping back into like more exactly and, and I think the reason why it became full-blown specialization is because those guys were so valuable that you couldn't have the opportunity of him rolling an ankle yeah because if this our first starting guy gets hurt well now we got you know we don't have a three-time all-american yeah you know, behind him type of deal I mean that was uh like TD Erlin at Yale mm-hmm he takes so many faceoffs, and like they'd be up enough to where you thought it was probably a win but he'd still be out there Mm -hmm. and it becomes like what happens if he like you said rolls an ankle it's when do you pull a guy yeah I know know my and is that a stats thing so is it like especially a guy like Like TD TD. Erlin who's chasing a record do you I think TD is chasing a record as you know any alpha male situation like but I think he's knows well enough that if he got pulled, that it's for a good reason. Uh-huh, yeah, I know. I know. When I was in college, I didn't play very many fourth quarters. Um, my coach was like, "No, you're done. We're gonna put somebody else out there." And then, because some teams would just run in and just, just smash me, and they take the, uh-huh. the, the they'd hope that they'd put me out for a few faceoffs or something like that. It yeah. sucks. And like, well, a faceoff it has a built-in violence to it yes. that it's like it's not like oh you're gonna play on the crease, attack, you know, don't dodge. Mm-hmm. And only shoot if you're wide open. Other, otherwise, move it. It's like signing up for a face-off is go wrestle for the ball. Yes, and this was back when it was a wrestling match, uh-huh. and then guys could would just come in, just wait, and the first guy out would just get three sticks across his legs. In the PLL, you're, there's a new rule that you're allowed to check, right, when they're on the ground? Yes, they figured they figured it out. Um, you can only play the stick of the head, and I believe the right side of your body. You can no longer uh. touch... Because okay. it's got, I mean, they didn't word it very yeah. well. It's a, it, but it's a new fine rule. Line. So, yeah, it's actually it's just. Yeah, a little gray the, area. Yeah, it's a gray area, which is fine. I'm all for gamesmanship and all that good Me stuff. Me too. I like the rule changes, and I like how they're. I think the rule changes are great. I don't think, you know, this might not please someone who wants answers right away, but it's like, what are you going to do with the fighting? What are you going to do? With the, I hope that they arrive at a happy medium over the next couple of years where I don't know if it's like hockey fighting or at least some level of. Um, physicality like hockey that you know is a policing method mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not looking for it's the first year of an, a league with new rules like yeah. let's let them it looks fun <laughs> yeah it, I mean I mean it, it looks like the most fun game of lacrosse I've ever seen and yeah you know, I like the short the shortening of the, the field, field I forgot so like cool. it's so much for you so much better that's an interesting point so when you win it forward they're on you right away 
and the, also the wings are in another three yards, I believe. So they're right on top of you. It's kind of like old summer ball. I didn't know that. Yeah. Rule. Oh yeah. That was really? interesting. Yeah. To come into camp so you got on. Kevin Understein right in your, your ankle. Yeah. So it's, then, it's it even if you win the clamp, it you can. He's just, gonna be like, why why does Gibby call me out on things? But it's well, just because he's, he's a good friend. He's and I a good like friend, his and, griminess. He's, and he's he's one of the meanest people on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad I was uh, in his ranks. Uh-huh. As opposed to the opposite yeah, side. Yeah, well, you can get – We I discussed this with Calum a little bit. You can get a skewed sense of – I mean, you know, across all sports, a skewed sense of who someone is based on seeing them only during those 48 minutes. You meet them outside of it, and it, it'll just shock you that they're able to be that type of person for 48 minutes. It's crazy. He's got like – he's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like exactly. one of the nicest people on earth, but I remember he yelled at me in 2015 <laughs> – uh, in Boston, because I was like, like you know, I, when I when if I'm under a stress situation, uh-huh. I don't freak out. I just like yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. joke because that's you how I deal it with cool. it. And I was like dancing at the face-off X after like losing like four in a row. And he's I like, remember that. He's like Jerry, quit fucking dancing. And like yeah. like like is it like a disappointed uh-huh. father? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it hit. And it hit so hard. Uh-huh. And then after the game, I like kept. But then I'm you so, kept dancing. I kept dancing. Well, that's you know, <laughs> to each his own. You have a different method of. Uh, <laughs> There's a, a value to indifference sometimes, oh, you know. If that's so what? Lost, lost four. I win the next one. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's a nice segue into. I'm I'm always curious about like the psychology of, uh, well, sports in general, but a face-off guy is very much one-on-one. Very like attack is like you have your one-on-one matchup, right? Mm-hmm. So but there's a slide pick coming. Your, yeah, pick your thing. So if I'm playing. In college, I'd always have trouble against Cornell or, like, Chad Weedmeyer at Princeton. Great name drop. You know, he's just a one-on-one defender yeah. that usually guarded me that I didn't do too well yeah. against in scoring goals or just in general. But I was like, all right, well, hopefully I'll get a couple assists, maybe a goal here or there. But, like, I could hide in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of the offense. That sounds that sounds wrong. It's, I can bring my value out in less overt ways than, like, smoking someone for a goal. We can cut out that last part. He, yeah, well, <laughs> I did not hide. Um <laughs> But you, as a face-off guy, it's like it's the most objective. You could say goalie. How many should no? Yeah. You could, could have been screened. Like mm-hmm. you see the ball every time, and you're fighting with another guy for it one on one. What are you? I mean, you just talked about it. You keep cool, so you're trying to be loose. What do you think? So, so let's take Trevor Baptiste. Who's is he leading the league? Yes. 69%. Is he just like carefree out there? Is he in like a zen-like focus? What do you think, uh, it's a generalization, but most guys are thinking when they go out to have seemingly a wrestling match with another large individual for the ball? I think at the pro level, you have to be your own psychologist. Because, I mean, I know I coach a lot of face-off guys. A lot of my talks are, you know, mental. It's like like half counseling? Yeah, it's a lot of counseling, Uh which is fine. I don't mind it because I've I've gone through it. Uh If, If... in the situation I am in a game, I have no idea how well I'm doing. I know what happened last face-off, and I know what I'm going to try and do on this one. I, I, I call it the golden retriever approach. Mm-hmm. You threw the ball. I have no idea how many times you've thrown the ball. I'm just happy to go chase the ball again because mm-hmm. um, you can't win. A, there's no seven-win face-off that happens in one draw. You have to chip by chip away and then get back into 50%, 60%, what have you. And then there, But there's a lot of guys out there who bug out. They go, uh, I'm 40%, something's wrong. 
uh, let me change my stick. And the second you start changing things, that guy knows he's got, he's got you in a blender. Yep. And, you know, that's when the sharks come out for the kill. Yeah. Say. Well, and that, um, yeah, that's the beauty of mm-hmm. it is, like, you can see, like, this is going downhill. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And Whereas, then you hear him yelling at guys, hey, wings, pick up pick up the ball. What, uh-huh. what are you doing? The second you start pointing your finger at the wings, it's like, okay, like, I, I got this guy. I'm in his head. Yep. And, you know, yeah. the guys who are like that, they don't last very long. And I think what makes a guy like, uh, like Trevor so good is that he is – I mean, he's very similar to me in that sense where, like, he, he knows he's, you know, obviously you want to win 100% of your draws, but, like, if you lose one, hey, it's okay, man. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the next one's coming. Especially in the PLL, they come fast, so you're not waiting, uh, you know, a ton of time. Like, you may sometimes in college, like, oh, man, we won't. it's a low-scoring game. I may not get back, out, get back out there to help my team. You know, the PLL, you lose one. You're back out in 40 seconds, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, let's, are let's most guys dressing up. one or two face-off guys? Uh, most teams are dressing one except for the Chrome. The Chrome are dressing two. They're dressing uh-huh. uh, the kid out of uh, Long Island Post, the Milkman, as they call him, and uh, Drew Semenu. Uh, are you uh, personally, which do you think is uh, more effective? I, I think with the go-early rule, whatever they're calling it, if you go early, you can't take the next face-off. Oh, really? I think, that, I think one, that's one of the best rules to ever be put into face-offs because that keeps guys honest from timing the whistle. Uh-huh. Um, and two, the, okay. if, you, if you go early and you lose one, you're basically cost your team two. So if you go early twice in a row uh, when you're out the there, you just cost your team yeah, four draws. You're throwing a probably, D-Midi yeah, out to D-Midi, lose. and at this level, like putting a pole out there, you, you may as well just drop back. All right, that's, a, that's interesting. So our, without that rule, um, are most guys rolling into the whistle or – some guys roll, some guys time or the like whistle. Or like timing, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, are yeah. most guys anti- – how much of it is sheer – Some um, some guys, it's their entire game. Some guys, they're like, I know this referee's going to blow the whistle in 1.5 breaths. Like, you really? know, or something like that. Um, the PL is doing a good job of keeping guys honest, changing the referees, and the uh-huh. cadence seems to change pretty well. Um, so, most guys are not – you just can't time the whistle. That only gets you so far. They'll uh-huh. get you into, like, college for the most part. Then you get a weird referee who drops his whistle, and you go early, and – in the PLL, if you go early, I mean, you're you're hurting your team badly. Like, with yeah. you, like I, I remember watching games and just going like, dude, he just went. It's 10-10. He went early with 30 seconds left. If they do go to overtime, he can't go back out there. So it carries over. Mm-hmm. So not only do you have no timeouts in overtime, you're not putting out an actual face-off guy yeah. to battle the other face-off guy. Well, it's guy. almost like if you get the less specialized face-offs get, the more the less weight that holds, right? So if you're like... It doesn't even matter if you win the clamp. Yes. And it's moving in that direction. Yes. Then it's, having the one guy is less important. Face-offs so are like, possession now. They're not. They're very few. Because guys are so good at de- being defensive now. Uh-huh. Like, nobody gets blown out the front. There's very yeah. few fast breaks now. And the, the shot clock is great. Yeah, you know fantastic. what I mean? Like, oh, you won that face-off. Yeah, we'll it's get coming ball, right so. back. I mean, you, you're you're basically getting 10 more possessions uh-huh. a game. Like, if you're blowing a guy out, which is great. 10 more are great. But you're not getting 10 more 10-minute holds yeah. as you would in the college game where there wasn't a shot clock. You know, and you know, yeah. you just never saw the. Do you like you like the shot clock? I love the shot Me clock. Me too. I, I think, think it's. I can't watch college across no. without it. It was it's just, like this game is over, and they can you possess can the, ball the ball. Like my old yeah. man does knows nothing about lacrosse. He knows faceoffs because it's it's what his son does. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a baseball coach, played yeah. hockey, and he would just <laughs> yeah, he, he would just turn. He doesn't even watch the game no, unless the, it's a faceoff. Exactly. I mean, he's like, good job, Jerry. <laughs> he hits the beer stand. Sitting there shaking, he's like, oh, I hope he wins this one. But, yeah, he's just like, I, I used to turn off the Cornell games with five minutes left because mm-hmm. there's this Pinnell. And the, I'm not to call you out, Rob, but, you know, you did it to me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you call you out for? They're just the face-off guy stink or something like uh, that. Well, he's very handsome. He's got – he can do anything he Yeah, wants. I know you've always had that 
bizarre crush on him. Let's, Among let's, others. let's circumvent that conversation. Um, so, yeah, so the shot clock is great. And I, I, even watching TD Erlin at Yale this year, um, you cut, like the Georgetown game. Yep. If they don't have him, that's a way different game. Completely different um, game. I think, I think Yale was very human this year compared to years past. Yeah. Uh, as, as we saw in the final. I thought I'm Georgetown. I mean, this Georgetown is just a side note. Yeah. But, like, the less and less possession. So, the more face-offs the other guy's winning, the mm-hmm. more pressure it is. Like, on that one kid on Georgetown, the attackman. Mm-hmm. The more pressure it is to, like, all right, you, you got the ball finally. What do we do, do with it? Yep. Do something. It affects the entire flow of the game. goals. Yeah. I was a little shocked. Like you a said, that was uh, – I was like, well, that could have went either way. Yeah. But it was the type of game where you watch, you see how many face-offs TD Erlen wins, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh. I think I is think it, are Yale, face-offs, yeah. is there some change that can find the medium between not winning a face-off at all? Like, that is a big part of the game. Yes. Do you think that, that you're saying don't touch the position at all and let it I think the PLL rules will roll down to the okay. college rules, and uh-huh. that's that's. I think that's the happy medium because you I, can I put agree. you can put a, a midi yep. out there, and he's got a shot. Yeah, and bringing um, the wings in. Yeah, and okay, because if you, I mean, if you watch the, it's like make it more of a scrap, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, if if the guy's a TD and he's a a, a century style player, where like you like, th- listen, just enjoy watching it. There's only there's not. I mean, there's only one Trevor Baptiste. There's only one one TD Erlin, mm-hmm. and those guys are about to be. The next class coming in, they're all TDs. They're all Trevors. They've been training for 10 years mm-hmm. at this position. They're all that good. Okay. And so that's going to even the waters. So, so let's, let's get into that. Mm-hmm. That, uh, like, you're starting to train guys. At, I went to one of Tom Kelly's face-off mm-hmm. things. Obviously, he's a competitor face-off. And a good man. Than a, you. A, I love Tom a, Kelly. People think, like, people think just because somebody else coaches a different way, we don't like each other. He, I, I love Tom. Well, he's I know. One of my you're not people. like that. Some people are, but we're certainly not. But... Um, he, I went to – well, first of all, I had a conversation with him in his backyard that I was going to make into a video piece that I was like, podcast. So I owe Tom the credit for being like, got to do a podcast because that was the most interesting part. Like my brother was like filming – my brother came with us, and he was like, yeah, the backyard conversation was pretty good. I think Tommy's got the most interesting story in the It was. Well, that's why I, brought, I was asking him about that, and it made me realize that like that's the best way to flesh these things out. But – Anyway, I went to one of his face-off clinics, mm-hmm. and it's like a cult. You guys are re- – you got all – you know, there's a whole group there. Mm-hmm. There's a, a speaker for viewers. They set up a speaker. I don't know if you do this, but it plays, you know, down, set. It's kind of like uh, brainwashing, um, but in a positive way. A good brainwashing. Reinforcement, yes. if you will. Positive reinforcement. But point being, there's kids really young there yes. specializing in this position oh. – you know they're seeking this out because mm-hmm. um, they're seeing how valuable a face-off guy can be and how colleges want mm-hmm. guys yep. that are coming in, like you said, as freshmen, and you're expecting them to win face-offs. Yes. What? Uh, when did that start? Was that recent? That's I think like it, you guys. Yeah, right? it kind of started. Well, with, not with with we. Kind other of, people did it before you, were doing but you guys did the first. Well, you know, it's a good. Your marketing's yeah. good. You run a good business, and I think I mean you guys know, got it the most exposure. Fair, I think um, with any sport, I think the the parent is is going to be the driving factor in yeah, anything. They got the and, checkbook. Yeah, and parents make their kids go to stuff. They say, "Hey, like, oh, you like that? Okay, well, Rob Pinnell's running a clinic 
over here. We're going to make you the best damn attackman on the planet. You're going to uh-huh. go to every single thing he puts down. Yeah. And people say, okay, there's value in that because my son went to Rob Pinnell. He got into Cornell. Now mm-hmm. he's on Wall Street making X of millions of dollars. Fantastic because of a spark plug that happened when, uh, when his son went to Wait, a, who? Go back? a pro lacrosse game. Who's making... Oh, okay. I'm just got, saying, like, you just made a connection. I'm, I'm saying, just yeah, made a connection with Rob Pinnell. That got that's that's the pipeline okay. that got him into school. Gotcha. And now he's doing very well. Oh, okay, gotcha. So for us, I mean, I was training four kids mm-hmm. just as hard as I was training the ten. Yep. Because people came because they said, "Oh, wow, this guy cares." Because he's answering my kid yep. two hours later, and he's talking to him for an hour on the phone about he lost faceoffs, and he's, he's not sure if he still wants to do this. And Jerry gave him his story. And, and, you know, that resonates with me. So mm-hmm. my kid's going to keep going back. And yeah. now that kid who may have not gotten into as good of a school uh-huh. without my help is going to Syracuse or he's going to uh, a Villanova because of a text I sent to a coach because their, their guy blew out his knee. And I go, I, got, I have a kid I think he's going to be ready as mm-hmm. a freshman to get you to like a 60%, you know, situation next Kinda year. Kind of like an agent in a way? Or? I mean – not no, to not to n- cross no, any NCAA no, boundaries no, no, here, but <laughs> or, uh, a, a, li- a liaison, a no cash di- kickback no, no, for this one player. <laughs> no, but, but I know what you mean. No you, different than a, you a guidance very, counselor. I think you, you face-off guys are very in tune to the entire scene. Obviously, yes. so you know the situation in colleges. Mm-hmm. You know the up and coming like players. We, I know the next like six years, probably like all Americans, like already. Mm-hmm. Like I like. So it's that obje- like it's that black and white as to who's really talented. Talented and gifted. Okay. Think think about it like a world class sprinter. Some mm-hmm. kids are just fast. Some kids are not. Like you can't train me to run a four three forty. As many times as mm-hmm. I run, I'm gonna blow hamstrings and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some kids who are. Well, just, if you put some ramen like forty yards, yeah, I mean, you would probably you feed me. I'll, you I'll set hit, a PR, I'll, but it wouldn't yeah, be yeah, like exactly. for the grander population. Exactly. So hand um. speed. Yeah. <laughs> so hand speed is is a gift in some situations. Like some kids you see, you're just like, if this kid just shows up, like I'll make him a monster. Uh-huh. Tommy Kelly's very much like that. Tommy Kelly he, has the gift of hand speed. He does. He does. He just got he's got hands. He plays a lot of Xbox, so I'm sure that's. He, I heard he's very good at Fortnite. He, yeah, well, he he gets his reps. When I went to shoot the in the life video, it was like, well, let's start with some Fortnite, and then I think we ended with some Fortnite. Fortnite, that's fair. So, I, was, I was very bad at that game. Yeah, but he also, you know, we went to, like I said, this these face-off clinics. It's, it's an o- interesting it's thing. It's the only thing. How many you, people come to you? Sorry to interrupt. Mine? I have, yeah. a, I have a Rolodex across the country of over 6,000 kids. So, like, one night. You're getting like 50 kids. No, right? no, 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 no. We, I, I cap it at 30. Okay, so and 30. I had and I have other coaches that join. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. mean like, that's a a lot of face-off guys. You a ton know? of face-off and like guys, and they're gathering. from and they're from not they're not like just in my backyard. Uh-huh. I have kids that drive two and a half hours. Yeah, like they because they it's kind of like karate class. And you just like face off for face like off, 30 yeah. minutes and then you do winning it forward and looking off the point right yes, and then shooting all, we never hit the point that, that's, that's what i imagine that's the next t-shirt that's coming uh-huh. out look yeah. off the point yeah well i always find that funny um, but yeah when... it's 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 <laughs> where's that a, in the training <laughs> it's more of a of a karate style thing it's mm-hmm. like the more you do it the sharper you'll be so as long as mm-hmm. you don't it's like wall ball. It's you, a mindless, re- re- not mindless. You want it to become second nature you, in a way. It's I, very zen. I talk about it like it's the puke from um, what's, what's the movie with Jackie Moon? Um, Semi pro. Yeah. Yeah. We, we we want you to run the puke every gotcha. time. It should be it should be thoughtless. You should be reading and reacting without yeah. even thinking. That's, so yeah. So what, zen, while, zen is zen is a good way to put it. I'm gonna actually steal that. Yeah, and it, it's not uh, confined to repeated motion. Like I, I think if you talk to a, like a Lyle Thompson. 
or like Rob Pinnell. Well, mm-hmm. Rob's a little different because he kind of does a lot of the same tricks and you just can't stop him. You can't Whereas stop Lyle's it, yeah. more... He's going to find his way through the rocks. Yeah, yeah, and like he's definitely not thinking about anything. No, he's he just, just like gets there. existing. And so point it's being, like, like it can be as creative, yeah. As, uh, yeah, as creative uh, an activity as possible or a repeated motion and getting into that thoughtless state mm-hmm. is like the route to doing it best. Yeah, I think, I think when you're like when you're doing wall ball or you're a Lyle Thompson just finding your way through the defenders, mm-hmm. it's it's all reactionary. Because yeah. you can clamp on the ball with nobody in front of you a hundred thousand times to be like, all right, I'm a master clamping on this ball with nobody trying to stop me. Yeah. But the second you put a person in front of you ten times, he's gonna and you beat him four times in a row, he's gonna throw you six different looks coming out and you have to be ready to react yeah. to that. And he's going to base those his new reactions based solely on what you've been doing. Because he's going down the line, I'm going to try and drag him down the line. Yeah. And you have to be ready for that. So I think that's where I really like it. It's problem solving uh-huh. in, in real time. And if you kind of like MMA, but yeah. like with less Ooh, head, head injuries. It. Yeah. Because okay, like so MMA very, is problem solving, but there's yeah, probably punching and at angles, you. Angles, and yep. when you watch like jujitsu, and there's certain very arm bars similar. and things. Do you do any of that? Do I? I know a little bit, not uh-huh. not enough. I'm I'm old. Like, You'd probably like, like it. I'd probably have a lot. I probably no, I probably old, die. Old on the is mat. not. You can you can do physically contained. Yeah, but I'm a head case. I wouldn't tap. Somebody would kill me. Like, but I would like I would say like bury yeah, me. Yeah. In my oh, feet. I just mean like. like <laughs> ju- are you talking jujitsu or uh, everything? Like, yeah. Well, if you want to keep using your age as an excuse, we'll just move on. <laughs> um, uh, so let's get into like the PLL at large. Okay. Because I've been chat. I chatted with Callum about this, and I. You know, it's 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 cool. It's, it's 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 the first time I've told people that I'm a professional lacrosse player mm-hmm. in my entire career. <laughs> so you shied away from it due to so, okay. So what? Why would you? Because just a side note, but like, would you shy away because it would breed questions that you didn't feel like getting into, or because it had like a level of embarrassment? It never had. It was never like legit, and I'll tell you why. I mean, I'm, I'm and, and I did the same thing. I know. So but I'm, like, <laughs> but this, this is this is when I knew that I was like. And it's not a shot at what what we used to do because what of we course, used to do I've, got us here. Like you know, exactly. I'm very, I'm very I'm very proud of like you know being a D three walk on and figuring out my way through this. Yeah, yeah. Through what it is, and that's but a good. Like, but that's a good precursor. I said that last when I was talking to Callum is like I have nothing against yeah, the MLL nothing. or I'm just for lacrosse and the PLL. Watching it's been cool and the level of play has been really high. So I just want like getting everyone's take on it. I'm interested in that. Yeah. So like I remember. Uh, my best friend before he passed away, he ran a liquor business, and he goes, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you down to a delivery down the shore. It's like an hour drive. Mm-hmm. We go to this. Uh, anybody that lives on the East Coast, there's a grocery store called Shoprite. They're yep. everywhere. Yeah, owner's like a multi-billionaire, super nice guy, John Sumas. We go to his shore house down in uh, I think it was Seagirt or Lavalette, one or the other. The owner of Shoprite. The owner of Shoprite. We're doing a delivery to his oh, house. Oh, okay. okay. So like gotcha. guys get oh, yeah. cases and cases of wine at his place. So we're delivering uh-huh. some ridiculous wine to his like multi-million dollar shore house mm-hmm. he's not there but his wife is and my buddy ryan was he would always introduce me as this is my best friend he's a pro lacrosse player i would never tell anybody and she go oh do you know ned crotty and i go mm-hmm. yeah i know ned crotty he's like we go way back oh, playing the rattlers ned. together she goes oh, oh that's so good i don't work for my friend ryan i'm just on for a ride she comes over and puts a hundred dollar bill in my pocket and because she, she thinks my only job is a professional lacrosse player oh my god and she a, charity and a delivery boy and i'm like man like I can't accept this. She's like, you, she goes, uh, she just walked away. She would not take the money back. And I'm like, wow. all right. I go, this lady thinks I'm a broke loser. I think get, even if that was your reality, which it's not, that is a pretty, it's a, you know, 
a little bit of condescension in that move. Yeah, I mean, very nice. I mean, I went and you know had a few beers on her, which was yeah. you know. I'm, but uh, I'm not. I'm not one to turn anything down. Next time she has a pro lacrosse player deliver liquor, don't slip a hundred. Yeah, in the like like. Well, basically, she was saying she's like, listen, I don't. I know you guys don't make anything. Uh-huh. Here's here you go because I can, and you know, that, and, and if you look at it from that angle, it, that's super nice. Okay, so but we're like, teetering on generous. Depending on who you are, you see it yeah, as generous. But or, like any any time you bring up brought up pro lacrosse in the past, it was you. Oh, you guys don't make anything. Yeah. Like, did get, you keep what, the cash what you or get, what? what you, did I keep the cash? Yeah. 100%. Good. Okay. Because we need that money. <laughs> we need that money. <laughs> that's, that's, that's off book. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that was the reality of playing. And now I think what you're getting And nobody is can that, watch it. Like, yeah, it was like, exactly. It was like, it, like, I remember when we first got in, we were on ESPN. And yeah. I, I, and I distinctly remember saying this. And I think it might have been to Greg Bice when I was on the Rattlers. Had long hair. They were, you know. Is a ridiculous person version of Jerry Ragonese. Mm-hmm. And I just remember saying, like, oh, in, like, 10 years, the kids that are going to come in are going to be, like, they're going to make it. And then somehow I'm still here in 10 years, and it's like, it finally happened. Yeah. But we needed a bunch of bad stuff to happen to get here. Yeah, and, um, I mean, it's a real concerted effort and big funding, and I think it would be naive to think that it's, like, here we are. You know, there's going to be a five-year period, oh, for ten sure. year, I where mean, it's, like... we still need ticket sales. We're still, yeah, still, exactly. People are still asking, what yeah. is the PLL? Is that still... Like, yeah, I don't understand. Pretty Little Liars. But, yeah, but, like, but at the end of the day, it's, like, you turn on NBC. Exactly. You watch lacrosse in the same... Yep. Like, if, if you took a person that never seen sports before and put the NFL next to the PLL, they wouldn't be able to discern, like, who's making more money. Yes. They would just say, like, holy shit, this, just, is, this yeah. is a very well-put-together... Bingo. Yeah. Me and Callum got into just the presentation and the highlights, et cetera, and the production quality. And perception is, is nine-tenths of it. It's, it is. It's, wow, and it's also, like, uh, it's, we were talking about that. It's bringing out, um, it's showing what the sport really is, right? When you can't see because the camera is set up in like a 30, you know, an oak tree mm-hmm. 15 yards from the field, it's like, is that, does can't Matt the have ball. the ball? I don't know. They're mispronouncing yeah. names. It's like. Yeah, you can't see the game. You might as well be my dad in college. My mm-hmm. dad used to just, he liked the tailgate so much, he just wouldn't come in. He'd be like, I could tell who scored by yeah. uh, the, the crowd noise. <laughs> um, but at an MLL game sometimes, watching it, it's, it was harder to see. It was hard. And it. I mean, that's bad on many levels because you want to see, but the PLL is bringing it, like, it's showing it for what it is. Yeah. It's a very physical sport. And through no and through no shortage of expense. I mean, those ca- I mean, you know he, cameras. No, oh, like exactly. they're, they're, yeah. they, they, they're, they pulled out all the stops. They have yeah. they got the overhead cameras. We yeah. only used to get the overhead cameras on Memorial Day. That was it. That was the only time they broke exactly. it out. And, and like, yeah, those wire cams that are sweeping. Which is incredible. It, it's, yeah, it's like a cool way to experience the I sport. Mean, I, rem- I remember first game seeing somebody take a shot from top of the arc, never seeing that angle before. And mm-hmm. I, like it, it hit my head weird. I was like, oh, it's like, <laughs> it's like I'm behind him. It's like yeah. never, that yeah. was never seen before. And some yeah. people were complaining. They're like, I didn't understand what I was looking at. It's like you're watching the game as if you were on the field. That's something that's never been presented in many sports. Yeah. No, like it's, hockey, hockey's lateral. And then sometimes you get a camera that's behind the net or something like that. But yeah. it's like you're watching ping it's, pong. It's, it's, it's interesting because if you say you had a football league that had poor production quality, so you're going from the, the public knowing the level of violence that's going on at the mm-hmm. micro level, and then you give them bad footage of it. They're not like, they already know what's happening. Yeah. Whereas lacrosse hasn't had the exposure yeah. to have the on-field. People think it's Brad and Chad. Yeah, so now we're yeah. bringing people in to the micro level mm-hmm. and showing that, like, this is what's going on out there. Yeah. And that combined with the fact that you guys are all feeling like, 
you have a level of pride in it, right? Guys I mean, are that's hyped. A, the concise way of saying what you never told people you're a pro lacrosse player. Mm-hmm. Like now you have like a, a little bit more sense of pride in that, and it's bringing out real like fire on the field and being showcased. It just you know it's good to it's a must. Guys like care said. for once. Like yeah. you like listen. That's not a shot at anything else, but no. it's like but you you would like you would go into training camp knowing who was going to make the team. Uh-huh. You, you knew. You're like, there's going to be four spots. In the spot. MLL. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, it's four, like, well, he has 50,000 Instagram yeah, followers. Four I'm spots, at 10. Yeah. Shoot, who else, who's, who else's yeah, spot who, can, who I can, who, yeah, who can I get? <laughs> who's not on Instagram? Um, but you're like, listen, I know that there's four spots open. One of those spots isn't for me. Uh-huh. I'm not going to go to that team because I'm just going to sit on my thumb. And okay. like, that's how so guys. So that's changing too. That's completely different. So like day one, it's. I mean, obviously, you have an idea if you have. Yeah, you a know, you know, who, but you know like, who like you're starting. It's tabula rasa in terms of who's going to be the roster going to be. Which I mean, out I mean, training camp was guys were out for blood. Yeah, I mean, what happened in your head? Well, Tell um, the story. I'm I mean, hearing there, for viewers. I'm a, hearing this for the first time a, too. There's a clip uh, somewhere. Uh, I know. I know the PLL has it. He's got a bump on his head that's um, pretty prominent. Yeah, you I might not be able to see it. You don't like my horn? Yeah, it looks like you're sprouting. Like got a hot topic. You're like a. Asymmetrical unicorn getting going. I'm here. getting roasted in every picture. It's, it's the worst. Well, I just more meant. I think that's a positive description. Uh, but guess. go on. What happened? Um, so we were in camp. We were scrimmaging Atlas, and uh, I got the ball out on a fast break. And like I said, I didn't realize how short the field was, and I wound up being like basically right in front of the crease. And somebody pushed me from behind, and my head went down. As they say in football, you never tackle with your head down. My head went down, and Austin Pafani, that loser. Uh, mm-hmm. He slid. He's a thick boy. He's very big. Mm-hmm. He slid up field and like didn't hospital me at all, but like just the way he hit me, just mm-hmm. like the lights went off, like I couldn't see out of the left side of my eye the, for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. So it was like hospital, but more as a product of a weird angle than it was. Yeah, it was like it was, it was more like a freak hit. Like I'm, you, I mean, I'm sure I would have seen the footage yeah. if it was anything. If you, if you like, yeah, if it was like a huge like blow up hit, like mm-hmm. I dropped, I'd already dropped the ball, like I went for a shot and dropped it, mm-hmm. and he just cleaned me out, like not in the sense that like my like I got completely crushed I just got popped and it was just a bad angle and yeah I wound up compressing my entire spine had to get that all readjusted Uh, like in what sense I have a compression uh, fracture in my Mm -hmm. TH3 do you do some traction or anything like where you go in a machine and it pulls it no they like the the, the chiropractor and they just like had to like pop 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 but like I couldn't I couldn't breathe I didn't sleep for two days Uh it sucked um, well, you barely, it looks like you barely sleep anyway. I yeah, saw I your work schedule. <laughs> um, but so no hospital, though? or No, I don't believe in that. There's absolutely no circumstances. I, I, finally went to the, I finally went to the doctor. She's like, yeah, let's put a, cold, like, a warm compress on it. I'm like, lady, I'm pretty sure this is calcium. Wait, so what, is that going to go away? Or I, is I'm it? just going to take like, a, a steak knife to it like one night. And, and just, just pop it and out. Just get it out. Like, yeah. Because that's, that's all the, they're going to do. And then uh-huh. I'll, you know, just yeah. keep it. Well, the, yeah, you, the reason that you go to the doctor is so they could do some refined incision that would leave minimal scarring, but you yeah, don't, I don't care. Yeah, yeah you're looking like, look like yeah, I'll, I'll look cool like with the scar. Yeah. I got the beard, I'll be a pirate, whatever. Exactly. You could, you'll make it work. I, I don't, I think you should <laughs> DIY as well. Um, um, but like I said, training camp was, it was, uh-huh. guys, yeah, so it's, guys were just killing each other. Yeah, and, and so was, the wider game is competitive. The face-offs particularly mm-hmm. are more fiery than ever. I mean, more competitive than ever, right? Yes, and I think in camp we were all, like, figuring out the rules, like, kind because of, it is a completely new, like, even though they move the ball up an inch, that completely changes your entire approach. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's like, okay, the ball was here, now it's here. Now you everything you've ever done has completely changed, which is bizarre. Yeah. But it's wait, like so it's, they move the ball. They what move the they ball higher in your stick. So we're like the ball used to be like this. It's more the towards the top now, of the head. Now everybody's like it's basically up by your shooters. If and you is use that shooters. 
to make uh, you to make unable to get a more definite clamp. It's, it's to basically make, make it's, more it's of a scrap. It's to stop notes, to stop lockups. They want that ball out as fast as possible. Oh, they actually, okay. the, the, the brass at, at the PLL came to us. They said, we're thinking about getting rid of the face-off because it's 30 seconds, yeah. a minute after every goal. Yeah, so that's like Paul, up. Paul's like, boys, we're getting rid of it? or <laughs> yeah, Basically, he's like, you better figure out how to make this work. And so uh, Greg uh-huh. and I got down and we figured out, like, all right, how do we get this ball out faster? Move the ball higher in the stick. And the, you'll, there are going to be lockups, but they're going to be far more infrequent. Far more infrequent. If you watch any of the games, the ball's out in two seconds. Yeah, it's like, good. If, yeah, it's, it's good. Well, I, think it's, I think it's great. It blends into the entire, it bl- make yeah, it more exactly. of a scrap, it's not, get this game going. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the hockey face-off now. Like, they don't drop it, but, like, mm-hmm. hockey face-offs, there's still, like, some gerrymandering where guys are coming in and they got to send you out and all that stuff. So that's still a little bit slow. But yeah. the face-off mechanic is still very fast. Yeah. Uh, now, like, the face-off mechanic's very quick because there's a template where we put our sticks mm-hmm. and it's non-negotiable. Ref, yeah. If you're over, ref blows you off immediately. There's no, hey, stop that. Adjust it's Do you think that path. they should implement that rule at the younger levels, or? I think the referees have enough to deal with. I think we should have some sort of templated, mm-hmm. you know, thing where the, they just come up and they go, "Your sticks are there." There's no, uh, your sticks past it. Sorry, man, that's no yeah. different than stepping out of, out of bounds. If yep. the ref misses that call, it's because he's a bad referee. It's not because it's it's up to some sort of discretion. I think the less the shot clock was great because it takes the nonsense out of out of uh-huh. the referees. Like, oh crap, I wasn't paying attention. The face off and mechanics, you take all of it away from the referees. Because that's where all the cheating came from in general. Is those referees just come, eh, boys will be boys. Yeah, like, guys people kind stuff. of taking yeah. advantage of the exactly. And if you just let it, if you let it slide, you get what we had. But I think these rules are. I'm I'm over the moon about these rules just for lacrosse in general. I think it I think it makes the game more palatable for the yeah. non lacrosse person. I agree. I agree. I'm sure they'll they'll figure out a few more little tweaks and then maybe scale back on some of the changes they've made and arrive at something that's like okay, this is the the fastest yes. most. And a lock, up, a two-minute face-off lockup. Those you see one one of those a year. Sure, that, that's like that's like a guy who does like. What about a minute? A minute lockup. A minute lockup. There's a few. There's like there's one of those many. every other game, not right? Many. Thirty no. seconds. At your absolute best, it is a one percent chance because you because when it happens, you see it. Mm-hmm. They they blow it out of proportion. And for me, I sit there and go, well, everybody's cheering. Everybody's really happy with this because it's two, yeah. it's two well, gladiators, but well, it does slow down. For, for if that was every face-off, that's how it used to be. That's uh-huh. how my yeah. face-offs in college were. Gotcha. You just lock your elbow and yep. these two guys just pushing. And that was terrible. I mean, I loved it because it was fun. Yeah. But for well, the for, game of lacrosse, it was terrible. For people that know the sport, a lock-up is nothing but what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's a short, rare delay yes. to the more typical lacrosse mm-hmm. action. But to someone who doesn't know what's going on, it's, it's like, what are they doing? It's very similar. <laughs> I, I kin it to, like, when there's a, an attackman sitting behind the cage and the guy's hung up. Uh-huh. It's like, why is he standing there? Why doesn't he pick yeah. a side? It's like, because he's, he's doing something. Yep. Okay, well, just wait 10 seconds. And I know yeah. we're instant gratification but, culture. Yeah, so, but, but, that, but that, that only makes entire sense for someone that knows the sport. The Otherwise, yeah. it's but tuning it into baseball and the pitcher taking 30 seconds yes. to do a pitch. And yes. you're like, well, pitch it. Yeah, throw the ball. But, yeah, so point being d- – Making those as rare as possible is a good move, which it seems like they're doing. Yes, and it's – I mean, if you if you see it, it's only because of, like, the personnel. Because two guys who are just kind of smash and crash kind of guys yeah. go up against one another, and it happens. That, yeah, that's really, and it means yeah. they're both really good. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Or really bad, maybe. <laughs> no, because really bad guys bail quick. Yeah. Really good guys have uh-huh. patience. So when yeah. two guys are sitting there and you're like, exactly. it looks like nothing's going on, got to keep in mind there's two huge bodies pushing into one another. It's yeah. sumo wrestling for, you know, for all intents exactly. and purposes. Yeah, I guess when they're people who are really not skilled are unpredictable and it's not going to turn out to be that. Exactly. It's kind of like if you're 
an MLL player, it's easier to play in M in the MLL or at practice than it is to go to some men's league because because you have no idea what you, that guy's gonna yeah, do. Yeah, you're like you this guy. This like, guy doesn't this know from? what he's doing, so I'm gonna blow out my ACL because he's gonna do mm -hmm. something that's not indicative of being I'll, good at lacrosse. Exactly. And so he's gonna <laughs> I'm I'm gonna not throw one of the best players in the world under the bus, but in training camp. I got picked off, and I got stuck on Connor Fields. Uh -huh. And Connor Fields was like, all right, I'm just going to juke this guy and go topside. He went topside. I threw an ice pick and stripped him. And he, had, <laughs> he had no – he exactly. was like, what, no one what are the right chances mind. that was going to happen? Example And now one. I think I'm like the ice pick king. Like, uh -huh. if you go against me, expect it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and like the like, next time you get on D, you're going to do that, and it's going to go terribly it's wrong. It's going to go very bad. you might bad. slice someone's throat, or exactly. that's what we're talking or, about. Or, or I'm just going to miss entirely and be like, why would you do that? Why exactly. would you just wait for help? Yes. But, like, so, that's exactly what men's league is. It's it's – unpredictable guy trying to do something that you're not going to I know. Expect. I always shied away from and it. I guess that might sound – that I might not like, come off. That might come you. off as arrogant, but, like, you get used to a level of play and what to expect, mm -hmm. and doing otherwise can sometimes, like, you play poorly, too. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's a turnover because you forced it. It's like, no, I threw a pass that, that would, my A guy would team. be there. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so. he, like Will Manny's catching that ball nine times yeah, out of ten. We, yeah, exactly. exactly. He's, you know – any of those MLL type finishers, you can do. They know you, what you're thinking mm -hmm. at a level where, you know, you go to men's league, and that's the beauty of men's. I league. bet. I bet you ask any NBA player that plays pickup ball, they're gonna say the same thing. Like, yeah. I'm putting. I'm putting the ball up somewhere where yeah, I know yeah, a guy's yeah. gonna stuff it, and like yeah. it just goes out of bounds. And for like, me, not like, playing, I should probably get involved with men's league. But for a player that's like at a high level, still playing in the PLL, it's probably. It's not probably. It's detrimental. It's to definitely it. detrimental because you're changing up you know, the flow of your uh -huh. of your game and your offense. Like, you know, especially in the PLL, offenses are not just one guy. It's a, it's a moving unit. Yeah, yeah, the, the ball's been zipping around. Mm -hmm. And then you obviously have the glimpses of individual talent that like, I sometimes think, guys are like, I'm taking it to the rack. Yeah, and I, th I think beautiful. it's much harder nowadays, at least with the PLL, to you don't see those individual efforts. Well, it, way it less like getting all the way to the crease uh, yeah. and getting hacked. Like more, there's more body check. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's all part of the the professionalism rising, mm -hmm. and that brings out physicality and competing for a paycheck that people putting their bodies yeah. on the line. Yeah, for and, sure. And I don't know, know how breaking many people, spines yeah. in training camp. And I don't know how, know how uh, I don't know how many people know this, but we get stake in the company for every game you play. So you're yeah. not just getting paid; you're getting a piece of the PLL and whatever that's going to be worth. Yeah, wait, wait, so each game each incrementally game you, play, you get more. You get more. So if, like, you're you're a healthy scratch that hits anything. the pocket and, hits, and you don't get the game check. That may, that may or, hit you. Oh, you still get a game check. You get right? a game check, but you still may, like, later on down the road, as opposed to having 30 shares or 40 shares, mm -hmm. you may have four. The guy who has 40 shares may go buy, like, a, a vacation home with that money. You may wow. go, oh, man, that, I, mean, I, I, wish I, I wish I, you know, put in that extra sprint. Yeah, well, well when I saw that... I didn't know that that specifically was the case, but obviously players getting equity was something I knew from the, I signed a contract mm -hmm. with the, I don't know if that legally it was. Can we cut that out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I was privy to some of the things yeah. that were going on early and I knew that was a thing. And that's another level of. That's crazy. Well, I, I couldn't part of me was like. Couldn't believe they, they did it. Part I, of me was like the, when I heard like this is a new a new format of like pro sports, right? And that the players own equity and they could incrementally get more. I'm like, the NFL won't allow that, right? The owners have all mm -hmm. the money. Like, but if a league were to start and be that way, that brings out a crazy level of fire if per game oh, yeah. you're earning more equity. Like the better you play, like 
players get contracts, right? Yeah. There's incentives, but like your contract's your contract. Yeah. This is basically a, a in-game incentive. Yeah. Every game that the door yeah. opens and shuts. Is it? Would it be too much if they said like, uh, kind of what they do in the in the old MLL All Star games? The winning team gets a higher check each game. Would that be another built-in, or is that too? I think that that that's that's bre- that's pushing too. Hard. So we're we're all employees in a company. And, and it, you are putting in. And equal if you effort. don't, if you don't like Karen in HR, it's going to affect the overall entity of the business. Yeah. So if everybody's getting equal, mm-hmm. everybody's happy, and everybody's still battling. Like it's like no one's like. Well, yeah, yeah, it's th- the balance between like, like a more social, like everyone's getting equity. Yeah. And so with everybody getting equity, I think everybody's happy. But I, they also guys also know like if I play better, I can get more money next year. Like oh, it's, for sure. So exactly. It's, like, it's 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 a good. Um, I think it's a healthy balance. Yeah, it's yeah. a group feel, but also like there's no hiding it. Bigger name players are getting more money, right? Yeah, so, oh, for sure. And that's the, the but way that's the league that's works. how it's supposed to be. Like, yeah, it's why, a balance. Why of, should LeBron James make okay, the same amount it, as the, does, the random guy who went for like you know? Is there equity differences between? We might be getting into not to not to the best of my knowledge. To my knowledge, okay. everybody makes the same amount okay. per game. Okay, that's a good that's yeah. a good balancing yes. act, right? It's like it's great balance and it's fair. Because your your hours the same hours the biggest name guy on the field that mm-hmm. you know your equity should be the same in that sense yeah I like that um, you're both playing you know one guy may have eight goals one, may, one guy may get yeah. one run but you're still out there you're still on TV you're still doing yeah. you're still tap dancing and I think that it's it's very fair I think it's almost from my understanding and I don't know how you know how much I can talk about it but there were investors who left. Because of that. Because of Paul and them being willing to give us equity in the company. So they said, why would you ever do that? And they're yeah. like, this is right. Don't they know anything about startups? It'll just get diluted yeah, to almost exactly. nothing over time. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on. But um, no, it's a good yeah, – the model's – The model's fantastic. And, and, the, and the guys – and the, just from – I mean, I talked to a lot of people, uh, you know, just over, uh-huh. over the years. Everybody – I've not heard one guy be like, this isn't going to work or, or I'm not happy. Yeah. Everybody's ecstatic. And I think it's an objective – thing to say well that's i think if you made that if they say next year the nfl they say hey players um every game if you play you get a small percentage as fractional as it may be practices are going to ramp up competition for being on that roster and not being oh well i'm on the practice squad i'm still getting paid would go through the roof and that would bring the on the field product out because you know Competing in practice gets you on the field. Mm-hmm. Competing in well in that game gets you in next week's lineup. So it's like th- there's no doubt that the model that they're running would work well in other sports. It's just Everybody like whether took, or not yeah. the powers that be are going to allow. Yeah, the cake well, I mean, there's you know there's the old guard who's not going to allow that sort of thing. But like yep. you know, if this is a startup and it doesn't feel like one. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I know just from talking with Paul and Mike and and the other the other brass that this has been a war, a two year mm-hmm. war, and, and and rightfully so. This is not something that that because Paul has, you know, 200,000 Instagram followers, someone's going to give him a league. This is, you know, this is your, your, you're singing for your supper. You're just, you're telling yeah, people things sure. and, and, you know, it, it's a credit to those guys for, for being able to do this in year one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly crazy, but I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing that, that you're seeing is that one guys care and two, like you used to be able just to outwork guys, like, Previous previous seasons, I would just go. All right, I know that guy's gonna come in out of shape. If I just yeah. I just hit the gym and I'm just in better shape, they're gonna take me just for yeah. optics. That's gone. This year, everybody did that. They said, "Hey, 
this is no longer like I'm going to get on because yeah, I was a they tour did time what winner. Being a professional, athlete yeah, exactly. They they're entails. they're rewarding talent yep. over influence. I guess is mm-hmm. probably the way to put it. Yeah, to move on to something a little more interesting, you yeah. ripped your pants at a wedding recently. I rip my pants at every wedding. Okay, it's a thing. I don't well, want. I don't want it to happen. Hard. Yeah. yeah, you gotta it's go just, hard. Do you sell them back up? I try with some of them, like some like you know, send them to my sellers mm-hmm. and be like, "Hey guys, can you help me out here?" And they just go, oh. "Yeah." They go, "No, we cannot." Yeah, like, yeah so you've done. You dance too hard. Yeah, and like I stop buying nice suits. I just get pants from you know wherever now. Uh-huh. I'm working on my own pants with like an elasticine in them. But, okay, like, good. We don't we don't have them yet. They don't make clothes for hobbits. Um, yeah, well, that's a good move though. Yeah, you have, like mean, a custom line for custom people line. who go hard yeah. at weddings. It's called Big Dumper Jeans. Yeah, I like that. That's a good move. <laughs> you have the back end to pull that off too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In both ways. <laughs> wow. How do you know I didn't mean it? No, I, I didn't. That was a, a pun that I can't take credit for. That's fair. Um, let's talk about the Japan trip that we, oh, you f- and I enjoyed together. Um, enjoyed for thoroughly. viewers, J- Jerry and I, we there's a professional game where a group of American pros, just good, some non-MLL, but MLL-level mm-hmm. talent, um, this is previous to PLL, went over there and play uh, a Japanese team. You know, it's not their national team. What would they call it? A friendly? Uh, yeah, a friendly, soccer, if you will. Friendly, but yeah. it's not, like, sanctioned by the yeah. USILA or whatever. But I went around them and did a <laughs> – we did a satellite game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we went over there and we played – and it's a whole event, right? We – it's a big event. Talk, yeah, talk about. Let's talk about the specifics of the lacrosse side, and then we'll get into Japanese culture at yeah. large. Um, I mean, well, the lacrosse side of things. I mean, how many guys you bring out there? 16, 19. Yeah. Uh, some guys drop off last second because it is. I mean, uh, Scott Ratliff has a has a great term. He goes, he goes. There's two kinds of people in the world. There's people who book the fucking flights, and the people who don't. Well, that's ironic because he was supposed to come, and then I think he bailed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure at least one time he he did that. But it was because he, like you said, didn't book the flight. As long as you – and that – I mean, that's that's the key to life. Once you get that boarding pass, you're in. You're in. That's Um, all you need. We would have loved to have Scott there both on and off the field. Just a cherished cherished individual. Um, But, yeah, we go over there. We do – I mean, I've been over there a few times, and it's a lot of coaching Mm -hmm. lacrosse. Did we coach with this trip? We did. We coached on this trip. We went to the schools. Oh yeah, which we went to really elementary. Incredible. That's yeah. the coolest. That was that was wild. I've never felt like more of a rock star than than yeah. that. So, I mean, for the viewers at home that are listening and not watching, I guess can't watching show what we did. Well. Um, <laughs> you would go into the school and they literally you, you take off your shoes. Yeah, like it's a school. It's like nobody people spit on the floor at the schools in America. These kids have pride in their school. Uh-huh. Come in, you take off your shoes, you go into which the classroom. Is microcosm it's of the country. Itself, very true. But very true take off you know you put on your slippers you go in we, we were fortunate enough to share a traditional japanese uh, cafeteria meal which was certainly something yeah um some some too potent seafood in there yeah there was some there's some crazy you take we, a bite. Uh, what is it natto the, the natto, fer- natto the fermented, the fermented soybeans, which i didn't yeah. hate actually that wasn't our buddy terrible. kai loves, loves natto. natto he Shout out to actually kai. inhales it um like it's gone in one second yeah. and he likes to show that off but Apparently it's just that's crazy like a weird given thing how to like, much I yeah. can't eat natto. No, it's it's certainly an acquired taste. Yeah. So that yeah, we ate the traditional lunch. Ate and traditional then we lunch. The kids coached. the kids asked me like they're like oh you look like an anime character and I was like <laughs> I was like oh which one man like think it was be some guy cool he's like oh one punch man I'm like what's that he shows me a picture it's just some like 
dorky bald guy. Uh-huh. Who, Does he? Do, is he get one punch and knocked he out? Punches, or does he deliver? He, he, he's the. I guess the story arc. I actually went back and, and reviewed it. He's so strong that he's bored. Uh-huh. So he like anybody like this guy's terrorizing the city. He just punches him, but he explodes into vapor. And he's like, "This is boring." He's so strong that he does. He's that? so strong oh, that's a that cool he, character. It's a cool character, you. but yeah. like if you look at the guy, it's not like Dragon Ball Z where it's Goku. He's got muscles and he's yeah. cool. Like it's like just this little, a regular like, Joe. like dorky like salary man. Like, yeah, that's, that's they like hit the, the nail arc. on the head. Yeah, they, they crushed it. And now that <laughs> he's got to put like a lump on him and he's fine. <laughs> Add the horn, we're complete. But yeah, like you said, I mean, just to riff off what you're saying, that going to these schools and coaching is, you're seeing what it's like to be an elementary school Japanese mm-hmm. kid, and um, also just a window into like what they're like, the re- how respectful they are, how excited they get for strangers to come in, and how excited they are to learn a sport that they don't know too much about. I mean, think about when you were in elementary school and they would bring you into... The, the gymnasium, you sit there, crisscross applesauce, like, you were dicking around, you were talking to your friends, no. like, like, some guy's, like, telling you about, like, you know, something, I, yeah. I can't even remember what. I mean, let's Those, be honest, yeah. if either of us walked into our own yeah. fifth grade Somebody class, would, so we would have gotten, tomato at me. Tor- yeah. yeah, like, dude, like, you're dumb, Just you're bald, it. like, yeah. get out of here, dude, like, Just the disrespect that yeah. we have exactly, is... and these kids sat, and they listened, they hung on every single word, uh-huh. and every single kid picked up a stick. Yep. They figured out how to throw a ball, and what I caught, even when they weren't doing well, every single kid in their line would cheer them on. There was a mm-hmm. great sense of community that wasn't they're paying really, attention. It, it wasn't put on. Yep. It was like it was like oh like hey like congrats like way to go. I forget yep. the word that they used, but they were all uh-huh. chanting, and we we're like all right cool. That's our new word mm-hmm. today. Um, but that was probably the most yeah. interesting thing I noticed. Yeah, is that and then meeting the staff, the principal, right? You how, get, you're how, sipping tea, you give you all these Japanese candies. Like, yeah. Your diet just goes off the rails. But they're also skinny. Yeah, well, clearly they're they're active, they're active. And that's that's one thing we we got to get back in America uh, is actually doing stuff in school. Well, there's definitely well they found a good balance because if you go into a Seven Eleven or any like there's no shortage of treats up yeah. there, right? It's like. I'm looking through the ice cream. Mm-hmm. The, their stuff. packaging Ooh. is all colorful and vibrant. It is. It's all great. But they're all thin, like mm-hmm. you said. So, I mean, I have a lot of wider, just Japanese, Japan, their culture as a whole has a lot that Americans and America can draw from, mm-hmm. right? So, Japan very much was a, they emulated our economy, our culture, but we should take notes and probably take a look at what's going like like you said everything's spotless the train system they don't eat on the train nope. like that's like the nor- remember we're like we get all these candies candies <laughs> and people like staring at us yeah like, and we're oh. just munching them down talking loud and i think that we could find a balance between like quiet reverence and not being and not talking yeah. at all and you know but like but that's another thing it's like how loud we are how clean they keep it, how respectful they are. Like, there's a lot of things that we need to, people need to take a look. I mean, you've there. traveled a, a fair amount. Like, the, I guess the, like, when people see an American, they go, oh, there's, there's the loud American. Yeah. That's, and that's like our MO. Even if you're not, they're like, well, like yeah, oh, you're because, not like most Americans. Like, oh, what do you think we are? Figured you'd be like wearing an American flag, telling everybody that they suck and uh, be yeah, fat. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, Doing a dab or any yeah, of those exactly. <laughs> cultural I never cancers. picked up on the dab. Well, no you're a better man for I'm just saying like <laughs> there are, are herds of Americans who are doing predictably American things yeah. and you stick out like a sore thumb exactly but when you go over there I mean I'm not one to do a dab yeah. or like do any of that stuff but 
even when I'm over there, I find myself pulling back on things that maybe I wasn't aware was mm-hmm. disrespectful. And that bleeds down. Like, th- when you go and coach a camp over there, like I said, it's a microcosm of their culture as a whole, and everyone is just awesome. They're so respectful, hardworking, and they're sponges. Mm-hmm. They want to learn. Well, you've you've done actual lacrosse camps over there. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Look, like people come up, they have full pads. It's not it's not a school yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kids hang on every single. If you if you misspeak, mm-hmm. they remember that. They're like, yeah. oh, he said, oh, well, that may not be right. Well, that's what Coach Matt said. Like that's that this must be law. Yeah. Like so, you have to rem- like you have to realize what you're saying. Like I remember, like when me and Chris Mattis went over there. I think two years prior to this kind of whole thing picking up, um, we had translators and like they were like saying stuff, and I was like, oh wait, we got to go back and like we talked about before, mm-hmm. one sentence is like almost like a ten minute talk in Japanese. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, let, let's cancel that and. And I was, you have to be very concise. Yes. With what you're telling these yes. guys, and like they're not. You, I felt like I tried to not talk to them like they were children because uh-huh. they're not. They're all very, very intelligent, but yeah. like you're trying not to like uh-huh. add on extra words. Yeah. And they were all just kind of sitting there, like you can see them like turning their ear to you to pick up on the English as well, yeah. which I found well, very. Well, that's interesting. like when you make a one-off riff comment that doesn't doesn't to the pre- coaching, yeah, like, and then like a few of them laugh. You're like, okay, they yeah. speak English yeah. because I just made some joke, but. Yeah, they they pay attention and seek advice in a way that I think a lot of Americans we don't want to give the credit. Um, you know, it's like to be so interested in what someone else has it's to not say. Cool. Yeah, it's not cool to and care, it, and it downgrades what you yeah. know. And we know everything. Yeah, to care about stuff is in our society is, exactly. is considered lame until yeah. you make it, and then it's like, oh, how did he do it? It's like, well, yeah. he got made fun of a lot, and, and exactly. look at him now. Yeah, and. Uh, there's a lot of things that I could go on there. And a lot of people, well, I get that a lot yeah. because I'm on the internet. I have, I don't want to call it like, and certainly for years of my life, I was like having more fun, partying, mm-hmm. and putting up like funny videos. But then, because th- that's what Instagram is. I'm yeah. not telling you about my real life. I'm doing like no. a skit or whatever it's a highlight like, I'm not your life. partying all the you know what I yeah. mean like people are like well come on let's just like now nah, I no. do stuff yeah, I, got, I, got a <laughs> jo- I got a job yeah know, I just like work in the shadows if you will and I don't feel the need to make you aware of every little move that I make well, there's also some guys who get stuck in that they get stuck in that party lifestyle where it's like oh, hey definitely. Like, you're the well, guy because they're trying to be who they are mm-hmm. and it can, it can go in a positive way too if you're someone who's like uh, a motivational speaker mm-hmm. or like uh, the rock yep the Rock can't stop posting Instagram whatever is because he's motivating that many people. So yep. you can build a persona that pushes you in a positive direction or a negative one. Mm-hmm. But I think I, the persona that I sometimes got, people picked up on like, oh, he doesn't care about anything. No. Right? It's like yeah. nothing means anything. Almost like a nihilism that, like, yes. how do you ascertain that from pictures that I put on the internet? Yeah, or just, like, or, like, a one-off joke or yeah, something like that. Yeah, and I that. think that that being even an avenue that you could find out who someone is. Like, I don't want to put up stuff on a profile to, for you to find out who I am. Yeah, like, what one, like, I'm a, I'm a big, I mean, even though I'm, this is contrary to how I am on Instagram, uh-huh. uh, I'm a big, like, why give your enemy ammunition. Yeah, show like, them only the results. Like, my, like, my friends, like... I'm sorry, the guys in my college, they had no well, it's idea. it's very uh, Tate Ching. Yeah. The, the book of the what? Yes. The, it's show that, sh- let the results talk, mm-hmm. right? Which social media 
is the total opposite. Total opposite. Tell me about every little step of the way. Maybe even make a how-to video mm -hmm. and show me a video of your face. Like, and then people want the credit for each little step. They don't want to wait. Which, like, it just all ties into the fact that, like, we're, we're a culture that, Instant like gratification. you said, everything's about cool, too. And they don't care about that in Japan. They... They don't care that asking you, you know, the questions. minute details of how to face off might Dude, the point Jap to their own ignorance yeah. or, and I don't mean that. I mean, like, if I wanted to learn a question mark dodge, I'd probably be like, yo, Rob, like, how do Help I go up to here. five and five without having a panic yeah. attack? And but I don't. If you, but if you go, if you're the, a freshman, freshman attackman behind the, you know, the kid in the All-American game, you say, hey, you know, insert player name here. How do I do? How do I get to five and five? Well, you just run to five and five, loser. And like, yeah, like that. Exactly. That's something that this it's, kid. It's both this kid may never ever do that, but uh -huh. that's something in the back of your head. We're like, well, he'll, he'll make fun of me. Where most kids are pretty, you know, most most gifted athletes are not like that because yeah. it's going to come back to you, and they know that. But. Yeah, and you constantly have people ask asking you how you did something. Exactly. Right? So it's like at least have an answer, whether or not it. Like can't, sometimes like people are like, answer. how do you do that? And a lot of it ties back into like just don't think about it yeah like, well how many people ask you about this wall matt how do you do the two the two, the two like, ball thing well i threw the that, ball against the wall for 19 hours a yeah week. exactly like, i came it. in here as a meditative exercise and threw the ball a lot and like there's never been too much like the i think the the translation of like messing around on the wall catching it behind the back that's so much more a mental exercise than it is anything that's going to help me on the field. Mm -hmm. Like, I did a behind-the-back catch once in an Atlanta practice, and I was like, wow, that's at least one time where all those hours, like, I've, other than that, there, it's it's a meditative state. I don't, exactly. I'm not telling people to not do it, yeah. but, like, I don't at all... It's, I'm not, like, so prideful about, like, throwing the ball against the wall. I'm but alone in here. A lot of people think that's who you are. I know. Which is, well, I mean, for, sure. for, well, for better or for worse. Well, it back into, like, hopefully, I mean, having a podcast is a way for people to see how a conversation operates with me. But, like, I think you're right. A lot of people do, and I don't blame them. They're like, is he just in there all day doing the wall ball? And, like, try, I do it because it's meditative mm -hmm. and... It's a flow state, and yeah, you're right. I've got I get a lot of like at the lax convention. Mm -hmm. Man, how do you do? I gotta ask, how do you do that? Yeah, it's and that's just, like, well, you just you go in there and you, you throw go in there, it. You do it, but you nobody know? nobody saw you drop the ball. Hundred, you didn't film yourself with that ball hitting that net. No, well, I never drop it, well, Jerry. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and another thing is you get hit with the ball mm -hmm. a lot when a you're lot. throwing it that hard and that close. You just you soak a lot of a lot of it. A hit. But, but that's not on yeah, video. I'll, yeah, I'll have to make a, a highlight reel. But I got hit hard in the nuts one time. And there's that security camera up there, but it records in increments, and it didn't catch it. Didn't it would have been it. really good. I think the best video that's ever come out is the one where it hits the two pipes in here and hits the guy in the, guy in the nuts. Yeah, that's that the, might be the that's, most That's the greatest viewed, video. Well, therein lies a frustrating part about online videos is one that happens with a low-grade camera as an accident can be a bigger hit than one that you spend five grand on to uh, produce. I mean, con content is about what you're looking at, not necessarily the resolution. Exactly. Trailer Park Boys mm -hmm. being a great example. Oh, they great corrupted show. themselves by getting higher quality they did. in the later seasons. Um, I completely agree with that. All right, so yeah, we covered the Japan... Uh, well, let's you talk, love let's, ramen. Well, let's talk about the Japan, I mean, outside of the... Uh, 
outside of the, the lacrosse aspect, you know, just yeah, it's phenomenal. Well, because it's 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 for those who haven't been there, it is as if aliens came down and built what they thought, at least Tokyo, they built what they thought New York City should be like. The skyline doesn't end. I try to explain no. this, like when you're driving in Tokyo, it's just it's a it metropolis. Just doesn't end. And like it can make you think like this cab driver, he's giving me the runaround, mm-hmm. like he's doing laps, but really you've been driving in one direction the whole time and it's just that vast of an urban area. It's um, almost like an like a, an apocalyptic rebuild. It's yeah. like everything else doesn't exist, so uh-huh. they just kept everything close so they can keep the resources to themselves. It's, yeah. It's bizarre. And it has a lot to offer in that, um, well, food, as you know, mm-hmm. because you live in Epicurea. You like food. I like food um, a lot. <laughs> but um, it has a lot to offer in that there are areas that are very quaint. You know, I don't know Manhattan that well, mm-hmm. but I know like the Upper West Side is a bit quieter. You can find doesn't like if you think you know Tokyo because you've been there a dozen times you, know you haven't hit the nooks you know yeah like there are dozens of areas that would are more pleasant than any area in Manhattan oh for sure and then hundreds of areas that are more stimulating than yeah. Times Square I mean yeah. Akihabara Shibuya like these areas are if you're looking to have some fun yeah the Mecca and like and, and they're not you know in in New York City you go to Tau or one whatever like those places are advertised the best place oh, like in a Japan, club yeah like the, the best place in Japan you're going through like you go through a, like a, a closed down sushi shop down a yeah, flight yeah, of stairs yeah, yeah. like you know around an alleyway exactly. and then you're just the, oh, this door opens up and it's yeah. the best party of all time exactly. with like some ridiculous DJ you're and you're like brought what is, through like back like, what's alley going on here? Tokyo yeah. drift and then suddenly it's like a scene yeah which I, I love I love the nooks of the city and for people Imagining this, imagine you, me, and fourteen other Americans doing this Guy, together. Fourteen other gaijins running around. Yeah, and <laughs> and during a you know some people are only there for two or three nights, so it's like whether you're there for two weeks, which I often do, or a shorter time. For those condensed nights that only some people are there, you have to participate. You have to bounce way. around, yeah. Um, and then obviously we have our like Kai and Ken mm-hmm. and Japanese. These are Japanese uh, players that we and Toma that we know that guide us around the city. Yeah, they I, kind my, of shepherd us. Yusuke and yep. Sachi there. So we get being foreigners diving into this, but also have the Nate. We have we have a, basically a safety net. Yeah, they can explain us out of any of the debauchery yeah. we commit. Yeah. Um, but I, that's for me. That's one of the best, the funnest parts of going over there is hanging out with new people for like four, four or five days. days. And, be, and and especially, I mean, I think you know we, you're only there for under a hundred hours, and you uh-huh. forge some friendships. I mean, our group chat still goes. I mean, be it infrequently, but like you know, guys are still throwing out jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I I played in the same league as the Bocklets for close to ten years. Uh-huh. Never yeah, talked I, with them. I, Developed and, better and, friendships. Exactly. Now we're you know close well. friends and good guys, and they support yeah. my business. And I mean, and classic it, yeah. traveling, yeah. like timeless truth is that like you know going to a familiar place with someone, you're not going to get to know them as well as traveling to mm-hmm. somewhere foreign and taking it all in with them and being jointly nervous meets excited at the same time. Yes. If you will. Um. So you went on another trip recently to Europe with yes. just because I, I talked to Scott Ratliff about he runs you want to just give them a 
Yeah. What, what, what is Yeah, that? so it's, um, it's Scott Ratliff and Adam Gittleman. They're the founders of the Give and Go Foundation. Um, they're bringing the game to either underserviced or under, underprivileged parts of the world, mm-hmm. um, whether it's, you know, picking up sticks from, you know, who, whoever's going to donate them. The good mm-hmm. people at String King were, were nice enough to, to donate a bunch of stuff last time. Um, mm-hmm. And we literally just, we were concerned about customs and stuff like that, so we just put it on our backs and we flew over to Europe and ran a bunch of clinics, one mm-hmm. in Sweden, um, one in Switzerland, um, two, I'm sorry, two in Sweden, one in Switzerland, mm-hmm. and the other guys, they've done, they've gone down to um, South America, Mexico, and they're heading back over to the Netherlands mm-hmm. uh, this summer. Um, but, you know, those guys have an intense passion for the game, and I was very fortunate to, to tag along yeah. um, as the videographer. I didn't do much co- – or I did some coaching over there, but not nearly as much as them. Uh-huh. Um, but the one – it's funny. Like, I'm around – those guys are very, very good friends. And for, Will Manny, Marcus Holman, two other just very well, good spirits that's in the what game. I was going to say, that though are Will Manny, Marcus Holman, Scott, Gittleman. I hope I'm not missing anyone that fancies themselves a part of that crew. Am I? I think there's a lot of guys. That, well, but that, those four are, like, always together and all. Oh, yeah. I, them particularly are – like, what they do with their lives speaks to – the mission of that, like yes. Will, Marcus, and Adam all coach at a new school, spreading the game. Picked up their you know, lives. They all love that. Yeah, moved yeah. out there, um, and so it makes sense that all of the and then Scott, obviously mm-hmm. from a non-hopped um, coach in Atlanta for a long time, and he's just interested in giving back in a way that it makes sense that these guys are doing that, and that it's gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, and they're, they're you know, doing. Who else to coach? Those are like four of the. the and and you know when. Some people ask me, they're like, what is this give and go thing? Is this just basically like The name a, is money, too. It's a damn Shout great name. The, yeah. Great name. Uh-huh. Good t-shirts, too. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys were like, hey, man, like, what's kind of going on with this? Are you guys kind of like, are you guys just going down and like partying and stuff like uh-huh. that? And it's like, no, man. Like, I watch these guys coach for six hours. Mm-hmm. Six, like, it's a, like two yeah. hours is a lot. Yep. Six is just completely off the rafters. And they, with the same energy they started with, was the energy they finished. In fact, more so, they got were getting up and down with guys, like no pads, just like mm-hmm. running up and down the yeah. field, like because they're, they're. So it's they're, definitely. The exuberance is real. Yeah, exactly. They're not looking to just score a trip. To, no. They're they're and that's the type of thing where I mean, you going to us going to Japan or uh, in 2013, I did like uh, clinics on Indian reservations with. I was lucky enough to do it with Mike Powell. At yeah, the time. yeah, I remember that. Ooh, so like that, that and the Japan thing has have been like areas where I'm like, all right, well, this is far more meaningful. I don't care about like what stick you use or like the whole business side of lacrosse can it can make you a little jaded, right? Sure. So it's like going over and doing clinics like that, which these guys are getting into now, and probably for the best guys that you'd want yeah. doing it. I hope that they do that in as many places as possible. And what they sell T-shirts, right? They sell T-shirts. Yeah, that that goes directly to to their um, to the fund of just buying sticks. And um, mm-hmm. I'm working with them on getting just figuring out a way to have a constant flow of equipment coming to them, uh-huh. so they have, you know, a cheap resource to you know uh-huh. have across sticks. Because I mean, that's that's the barrier of entry to across, right? Like yeah. soccer, you have to have a ball and feet. That's about yeah. it. Across, it's a little bit more in depth, but you have to have a shaft and you have to have a head and you have to have a mesh in that head. Yep. To all to work, which is, I mean, on to us it doesn't seem like a lot, but to a pl- like you know. Oh, it's it, a lacrosse equipment it, is expensive. It's expensive, right? but it's, it's also it's like if you can't string a stick. Yeah. Are you going to be able? I have no tr- idea how to string I, a stick. I can string a traditional pocket. Yeah. I can't string mesh, which is bizarre. 
Um, Can't do any of it. <laughs> but I like, never know what they're doing over there. Yeah, so what's going on over there? Knitting them together. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they're that's a cool. Th- I, w- I just wanted to give them a shout out. Yeah, and they're actually going a, over. They're going back over to Copenhagen, uh, July thirty first and August first. If you guys want to donate, you know, tax deductible and all that good stuff, it is a charity. Um, but yeah, I mean, we saw probably seventy five people when we were over there. Uh-huh. Seventy five, just just in the uh, in the in Switzerland. Uh-huh. When we went to Sweden. There's a bunch of like. 25 to 35 year old men who came out they're like hey we're coaches we're players like yep. so they plant the seeds over there yeah. and now those guys are growing the game it's and also it's, and tied in with the you know the pll getting more mm-hmm. yeah available on the internet yes exactly i mean these guys are able like they're like oh we watch your games you know we pull that's, we pull tape it's that's like, where it, you know you don't think about it but like that's that's even the spark plug instagram highlights whatever like when i go to japan that's what they've seen we watch you on the youtube yeah like yeah, like that's, that's where so that becoming more prevalent and sending like causes like give and go we're going to help the sport grow um so it's the, what those guys are doing is a cool thing um you went on that trip where did you guys go we were so it was actually there was a complete panic 24 hours prior to our departure mm-hmm. they canceled the flight that we were all on out of jfk and I woke up to, I think it was like 72 missed phone calls, 300 text messages. I was like, oh, like a, there's been a national tragedy. And I had gone out the night before and had a few sodas mm-hmm. and was just... A couple dozen. Yeah, a couple dozen or two. <laughs> and, uh, and just came to, I was like, what in sure hell could have possibly happened here? And it turns out like, uh, you know, it was just the guys talking back and forth. Who's going to get on what flight here, here, mm-hmm. and here? Like those guys took like four layovers to get over there. And I'm just like... They you like, flew direct. I flew direct. I was like, I was like, guys, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna call a different airline. Jerry, don't do that. <laughs> well, I'm just, you know, I'm flying enough. I'm like, all right, you just fly yeah. out, of, out of a different airport. There's always, there's always a way for yeah. the most part. Um, so Adam had gotten in the night before. It's a write-off, right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Actually, I used points, which was great because I never mm-hmm. use points. Um, get in and uh, you know, got in this, where were we? Stockholm, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I have, where am I? What's going on? Love gets to death, but like his phone is sometime an issue and sure enough he'd lost his phone the night before so mm-hmm. i land and like he's not answering i'm like all right i don't know where the hotel is what i'm doing what's going on i got three bags of like donated gear i was like i gotta find this guy mm-hmm. so eventually his phone turns on he's like yeah i'm at this hotel come on over it's like this cute little hotel and like we go down downstairs we're eating like reindeer sausage i was like this place rules um <laughs> and then uh the other guys show up and then we we're there for like a night and then we train to um i'm oh sorry we flew we fly to switzerland uh, zurich i should say and from zurich we ran a clinic there and then we took a train to uh interlaken and we spent mm-hmm. a few days in interlaken in a tent and i was you know when you think of a tent you're like all right it's a tent kind of mm-hmm. like hotel thing we show up it's four bunk beds put together by two by fours and there's five bodies I'm a good cuddler. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry liked that. Yeah, so that, that, was, that was a lot of fun. But Ooh, only four beds. Oh, well. What a hate, shame. You hate to see that. <laughs> so we've, we've been traveling for basically eight hours between the flight, the train, and just, you know, sitting waiting for stuff. It's like mm-hmm. eight hours. We get there, and it's like we got to walk like a mile. We have bags. Like, this isn't like, you know, mm-hmm. we have, it's pitch black, middle of the night. It's grassroots stuff. Really, like, yeah, really gritty stuff. And, like, we don't know where we're going. Google Maps, like, doesn't, like, work well over there. Because, like, we're in the mountains. Like, literally the mountains. Like, if you look up, you're like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. So, we're staying at, like, a hostel. And we're like, all right, cool. Like, it's got to be nice. 
we show up, it's a, literally, it's a tent city. Like, if you took a knife, you could just cut down the thing. And I have, like, $20,000 oh, so worth. in this big in tent this are dozens and dozens, no, no, hundreds no. of bunk beds. No, no, no. It's a small tent. It oh, is, okay. It is a... Oh, so it's many tents. It's many tents. Okay. It's the tent village. But, like, there's no... Like, the locking me- mechanism is, like, a belt that you, like, run through, like, holes mm-hmm. and then use, like, a, a padlock. Yeah. And I'm Someone just like, wants to come in, they're coming. Yeah, and I'm like, guys, like, we're in Europe. Like, I've seen enough movies. Like, they're going after the dumb Americans. Like, I don't know. Uh-huh. Like, like Scott and Adam are like, no, we like butterflies. And like... And well, like, <laughs> <laughs> well and they're like, very worry-free. They're very worry-free. And then you have Will and Marcus who are, like, bugging out. And they're both... And both sides are trying to, like, vie for my vote. Because mm-hmm. I'm the breaking vote. I'm like, guys, like, we're not getting a hotel because there's not one mm-hmm. and like we're stuck here and I'll just keep the that's, camera stuff on me that's, that's like you know yeah. that's it like we're we'll hoping for the that, best that there's two set, that there's the two carefree oh I loved it, it was, I was so popular it's a good, it's a good balance yeah. I don't know uh, Marcus and Will as they well, weren't like high strung they're just like hey we're, there's no bathroom like we didn't we didn't have towels for a week even though yeah we just, they're just yeah. rational yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was it was fantastic in every way shape and form because yeah. you need, the, you need well, those kind of role players the balance of those players. four seems like a good one yeah so we're in interlocking and we have a great time they make me climb a mountain and you know we're like oh we'll film up in the mountain I'm like great but I have 60 mm-hmm. pounds of camera equipment on me and yeah. we're like walking straight up a hill uh-huh. like this isn't like it's a mountain it's the, the mountain was called Heidi Klum and we called it hard to climb so we'll, like, uh-huh. we'll get to the top of the mountain it'll be great like we filmed a whole bunch of give and go stuff and I'm like literally ga- I'm also 30 pounds heavier than I am now uh-huh. so I'm like I'm gassed and they're all spry and bouncing around mm-hmm. it's great we get to yeah. the top of the mountain and like we didn't realize you could just take in a cart all the way to the top like a, I'm, a motor a motorized yeah you just like sit in an air conditioned thing I'm screaming at them because there's a little old lady sipping tea uh-huh. like we're like oh no there's a restaurant up there it'll be great like I thought you actually had to, like climb up there Nope, there's a little go-kart. We took it down, and I'm just, like, miserable the rest mm-hmm. of the day. We literally walked. It was, like, I think it was, like, 1.8 miles, like, sh- straight up. Yeah. It was brutal. So, after that, that's the end of our interlocking trip, which was, if you can ever get over there, it's yeah. picture, I'm, I'm picturesque. I'm going to Germany uh, August 2nd to 14th. That's so great, but it's... if anyone's listening <laughs> to this and has uh, accommodations or any other recommendations, I think I think I think, the, I think we wind up staying at that in there for people that thought it was like a ridiculous like trip for all of us uh-huh. I think it was like $25 a night to like pretend that's my style so it's like, like yeah, it was like, yeah it was fantastic um, he mentioned the bikes and the cowbells oh. I'm not entirely sure what those references are uh, well. for viewers this is Scott who went on the trip mentioned those two ambiguous things so so me and Scott will forever share one moment and it'll be this mm-hmm. um, nobody else saw it it, it it's just me and his and i'm very happy that he's the only one that got to see it see it mm-hmm. um so as our tour is ending in interlocking we got motorized bicycles and how it works is you pedal like twice and it assist pe- pedal you you want to go like 30 kilometers an hour and i don't know how fast i think it's like 20 miles an hour you're, you're moving mm-hmm. you're going fast yeah so we're flying around interlocking there's cows and stuff it's like we're really enjoying ourselves but some rain comes and we the guys are like all right we're gonna go to this lake it's gonna be really sick um, and it starts raining. I'm like, guys, I'm not pedaling in this. I turn around. Scott turns around with me. And we are hauling ass down the main road uh, in Interlochen. And the curbs are slanted, not, like, squared. And I rode BMX, like, my entire young life. And I'm like, Pop I know. Pop a little trick off that. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can just get up this curb. You put your nose up and you endo over the top and your yeah. back tire comes Jump up. Jump off the side with the soaps. Do yeah, a grind at yeah, the same time. You know, sick. X Games, Tony Hawk. Yeah. You know. So It's raining. I have a rubber tire, and that rubber tire is weighted down by, like, a 
probably 25 pound battery that I'm not accounting for. I think I'm just going to pop it. I'm going 30 kilometers an hour, 20 grand worth of camera equipment on my back, uh-huh. pop the curb and just skid. Oh, you went down. Oh, I didn't just go down. I'm going down fast. And I have the wherewithal of, like, how to fall down. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to drop back because yeah. I have, like, my computer, all the camera stuff. So I go over the handlebars and somersault. Perfectly fine. Scott Ratliff is 15 feet behind me. Did you me land on your board. feet? I, I rolled onto my feet. Like, I hit, you barrel did a, rolled. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought you meant, like, an in-the-air No, no, no. I'm not a ninja. Because I'm not going to let you no, exaggerate like No, that not at all. And, and Scott can corroborate this story. <laughs> no, so I hit, roll, get to my feet, stand up. Like, basically, my butt took the took the force of the impact and then I like uh-huh. rolled onto my hands it was fine it, but the bike kept going it was bouncing like side to side kind of like you see like when like those yeah. motorcycle videos and there's a store in Interlochen that sells nothing but cowbells oh no and they have a rack of like a hundred cowbells to the outside I just, I'm just watching it go the bike's gonna hit the rack drills the cowbells the entire did it ding them it did it ding them what a phenomenal it, it's like a movie script it was yeah it, like you couldn't script this if you want because people be like that's not a believable thing to happen yeah. after falling off the yeah. bike being landing fine. the front flip and then it hits the it, the bike hits the thing the cowbells going nuts the entire downtown stops like people hit the brakes on their car everybody yep. looks at me i stand up i just take a bow pick up the bike and mm-hmm. ran away <laughs> american here it's just like hey everybody <laughs> scott is dying so he got to witness that he got to witness the okay. whole thing we laughed for an hour that makes sense that he would bring that up um got you have another trip lined up with them uh no they're going to copenhagen on their own oh, okay. i They've may i may try own. and finagle my when way on that? there uh august 31st no, i'm sorry uh July 29th, August 1st. They're going to Copenhagen. Oh, man. Yeah, it's like coming up. If they stay, are they going to be there after that? I don't know. Maybe. Because I'm in, that, I'm, that's right oh, you're before going? I'm in Europe. Well, I'm doing that Euro trip August oh, 2nd to okay. 14th. So. Um, oh, getting in on it. You love food. I like food a lot. Um, and not just the consumption of the cooking. Yes. You're a chef. You're known. I'm, I'm a home right? chef. Like I don't. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. you don't have a that. restaurant, but you you cook at a quality that you could pursue that. Maybe. I, well, you do like hot. You know, you rattle off what I'm, you like to cook. I like to cook anything, really. But I'm, I'm gonna. But like, ba- I'm gonna backtrack a little sushi, bit. Yeah. You, yeah. Where are we backtracking to? We're gonna Take backtrack to the chef part because okay. chef is a title that you don't just get. It's earned. Okay, so you so you don't want to stamp yourself. Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't. You're think a person who I'm a, cooks. I'm a person who likes quality. cooking. I okay. like. I like to cook. That's if, if you're going to put me on the what, spot. Do you have? Um, yeah, I don't want to throw you. I don't want people calling you a fraud. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, anybody, anybody that worked in the restaurant industry would be like, this guy's a loser. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, this, guy, <laughs> this guy cooks with no timing on him. It's yeah, like Whatever yeah. he's got to do, he, um, he can do. So, is there? Has anyone ever interviewed you about that? Like, what is the psych? Why do you do that? Uh. Is it is it because you like the end product of the food? Is there? I think it's it's a meditative state, yeah. much like you playing wall ball. Yep. It's you have to pay attention. Yep. If you don't, it doesn't work, or you or you hurt yourself. Yeah. So like, if I'm not paying attention and I'm on a phone call cutting something, and like I look up into the sky, like you know, to curse or something, I'm mm-hmm. gonna cut the tip of my finger off. Yeah. And it's the only thing that I really do because in the gym I can take a phone call. Yep. I can't take a phone call while I'm cooking something oh you should do as many activities with your life that give you that excuse as possible exactly like just put the phone down as well don't bring the phone no and you that for cooking that's an activity that's like a zone out it's a zone out like fried i and i only eat like one big meal a day Mm -hmm. um so for that hour and a half or whatever i'm doing 
nobody can get to me. My, I hear my phone going off, and as long as it's not like my mm-hmm. business partner for something that he needs before. Yeah. So it's I'm, as much that as it is wanting to enjoy the food at the end, yeah. or to cook for the enjoyment of others. So it's a bl- it's a blend of those. It's a blend of those two things. It's not like oh, I just love cooking so much. That yeah. It's it's yeah. subconsciously it's like I'm not working. Yeah, and also, it's definitely that you enjoy food because, and you just love like in Japan, you we went off to. Like different ramen. Yeah. I mean, we started. I dragged. I dragged for, you guys for around. viewers. This is going to be incredibly hey, buddy. confusing. But hey, Frank. Oh, you are a big boy, aren't you? Hi, Frank. Hi, buddy. He likes to eat as well. Oh, he's the man. Sorry, no, Sorry it's cool. absolutely not. It's some, it's some good flavor. No pun intended. Good man. Um, big boy. But yeah, like when we were in Japan, you took us to one ramen place and then we leave and we go to another like we're all full but you mm-hmm. wanted to go and get more so we came up with the song, song. Rigatoni Raganisi he just wants the ramen there's like four other verses that I won't subject them to but the Japan crew knows the Japan crew does know shout That's out Mark Lassini Mark Lassini when he sees me I just hear this um, yeah he's a heavy he, he might have composed that song <laughs> um, but you like to point being you like to eat food as well like you're yes. like a foodie yeah, I guess I, I hate that term, I, uh, but I guess it's kind of like you, like oh, you're a YouTuber. Yeah. It's like, yes, that's yeah, what yeah, it's yeah. what it is. I don't like the word. Yeah, though. I don't like it. Like, I, I won't do it again. Um, I don't like the sound of it either. But um, you go to different food places. You have a pretty good expertise on ramen in particular, yeah. but then other food categories. Yeah, I like I like food. I, I appreciate what goes into it. Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's kind of like I'm, I guess fine art. You know, you can look at a painting. Go, that's a painting. Or if you understand, like, uh, look at the brush strokes. Yeah. Like, that's, I think that's where I am with it. Yeah. Having and if it's really good ramen, you know the back-end work put yeah. in to make it. Yeah. And whereas the... a regular person might just go, like, it's soup. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, don't get so- too excited, yeah. Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, you're not allowed to ignore my text because they're eating ramen. Do you do it, too, on the eating end? On the eating end? Yeah, yeah well, sorry, I can't pick up the call. I'm uh, oh, consuming 100%. ramen. Oh, 100%. <laughs> this, only with ramen because ramen has a shelf life. Yeah. Well, and it's a sacrifice. The Asian... Food culture. There's a reverence to it. Oh my god, I love it. This, it's it's my favorite part of the culture. I love both the food and like the the process mm-hmm. of eating that. Well, just how they and just how they do anything, whether it's constructing a product, you know, the the Japanese coffee. It's just like, why is this so good? Yeah. Because someone gave a shit when they made it. Yeah. It's not some person hitting a button. Some fart comes out of a thing, and you're just yeah, like, ah, oh, yeah, thanks, yeah. man. Like, yes, here's my four bucks. Like a, attention to detail yeah. and like a. Simple complexity, shibui, I think is what Shibuya. they call it. I mean, the Japanese, like, if you're gonna like break it down to like a sentence, they give a shit. Yeah. It's like over here, it's like I have a job, and we and we, but we celebrate the people who become like an Iron Chef or, mm-hmm. or like a, yeah. a, a restaurateur or you know some some you know big dick swinging on Wall Street. That guy didn't get there because he was out every single night. He got there because he was sitting there crunching numbers when yes. everybody else was yeah. And nobody celebrates that. Oh, that guy's a yeah. nerd. But now he's a billionaire, and you think he's the coolest guy on earth. How do we know? How'd you do yeah. it, man? Who yeah. helped you? No, it was me. Like, that's why, like, the Japanese, the sushi shokunins and stuff like that, like, those guys, they wash rice. Well, they train for years, right? They, they wash do... rice for two years. Yeah. And then they become a wakita, and they and that they get to slice some fish. Yeah. And then eventually they'll stand next to the, the master, and he'll... He won't teach you. You have to take the information mm-hmm. from him. He's like, okay, I watched him do this. I watched him cut this fish a hundred times this way. Why is he doing that? I have to figure that out. Yeah. So, and which, you know, that that type of diligence is what's required to be good at anything. anything. So it doesn't make too much sense that 
we slack off a little more than them. But if you're going to be, like you said, an expert at anything, you gotta take that approach. I mean, take what, what, their approach. What do they say? You have to, you have to do something 10,000 times to become a master? 10,000 hours. Malcolm Gladwell, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's like you can't cheat those hours. Yeah, exactly. Like, but back to social media, it's like yeah, people want to cheat the hours. Well, it's a good. that's a good segue. You, yeah. you did it for me. Um, I'm a good yeah, host. Yeah, and showing the – yeah, you should take over. <laughs> showing the process doesn't uh, – so when you do, are like tying it in with social media, if you're doing something to end game, I want to be an expert. But giving all this evidence of it online or posting about it nonstop, at some level, it's about you wanting the credit early, right? There is there is a underlining narcissism. Yes. To it, okay, whether I, whether it's whether you mean it or not. I mean, even having the app alone. Is narcissistic. You got to cut it. You got to get rid of it. Got to get rid of it. Get rid of the app. Jerry and I were talking earlier about. I just. Matt Gibson has a very interesting take on. Or when well, he, I used to do Instagram on Sundays, and now I do it like every now and again. I'll go on, but when I was doing it on su- just Sundays, I was like a, an addict. Yeah. I'd be like, well, it's Sunday. I'm gonna. You might insert Cheat day. candy. Yeah. Like you only eat sugar on Sundays. I was like. Binging Overdosing in a way that on, made it, on candy. I'm like, this is stupid. It's a waste of my mm-hmm. time. It is a waste of time. It is a waste of time. Right? And it's in lacrosse is in a unique position in that a lot of the players are being encouraged or some do it off their own will. I think lacrosse, in the sense, is that was our only outlet to be seen exactly. for so long. Exactly. And now it's. Well, that's why it's nuanced in yeah. lacrosse. It's like, well, you don't want to be the guy with the camera in his face all the time, but if you're unknown, you can it can impact your income. I think. I like, like, I have respect for guys that don't do it at all. Yeah. But the, I have respect on both sides. I think guys that are constantly in your face, it's like, uh-huh. dude, that's how the algorithm works. And if that's putting a roof over your head, you got to dance, my man. Yeah, I get just, it. Yeah, just hang out like 100 yards from me, and I'll be over here yeah, with oh, the yeah. guys and, who prefer well, I think to enjoy <laughs> the moment without corrupting with a camera. But. I think there are guys who are good at posting things that are relevant to to their job, and then there's guys who you can't get away from at all. All right, and so let's. what about, let's just take a specific example. A picture of me wearing a coo- outfit that I think is cool, and I'm not innocent of this. Like, I mm-hmm. used to be, like, be drawn to social media in a way that, like, I realized it wasn't for my own good. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, like, what was incentive? It wasn't like, let's grow the brand. It was like, I think I look cool, so I'm going to post this. There's a, a lot of... There's a, a line between that. Like, some pictures, like, say you're a pro lacrosse mm-hmm. player. If you're posting a picture of you, like, wearing a cool outfit, you, you, is that a brand thing? You're not improving any, you're not helping young Dep- kids. Depends you on how you're going to. think you look cool. Depends on how you're going to do it. So, if, if you come to me and say, Jerry, for the Face Off Academy, you're only going to post this, this, and this about Face Offs. Well, then I may as well just be the Face Off Academy page. Yeah, and then for my other business, pro athletics, with only posting things about sewing and fabrics and stuff like that, you're just pro athletics. Or if I'm just posting pictures of my dogs and like what I'm doing on a Sunday, mm-hmm. well now you're just Jerry Raganese. But if you can wrap that all up in one thing, now it becomes you're an amalgam of different outlets. Mm-hmm. And I think with social media, it's very easy to make basically an echo chamber of what you want to see, as opposed to dragging in 
more stuff because people look at you and they say you're the wall ball guy. Oh, certainly. Certainly, exactly. but they look, but they don't know about the fake Australian guy, the That's, secret account. That one's private. That's private now, but you're so much more than <laughs> that. One's NC seventeen. Like that, that was that was hidden for a long time. I, yeah. I was very happy to catch John, up on at that. Johnny Wisdom at for Johnny anyone who wants to. Fantastic. Uh, try to follow i might accept you so i think i think you open yourself up more when it's when it's when it, you become more of a personality but also at the same time you walk that tightrope of what are you doing yeah and well it becomes conflict like you confuse your you lie to yourself about why you're posting something mm-hmm. right it's like oh well this is good why is it good well because i'm going to get positive reinforcement from immediate, other people immediate it's give me positive some... reinforcement exactly so that's that's where i'm obviously not and i used to be on social media more I mean you have to do it to realize you hate it mm-hmm. um, but that's the fine line is like realizing when you're doing it for the wrong reasons and limiting my the use is like big for me like how do you have it on there without going on it's like getting rid of Instagram cut your phone time and you might cut it by 75% if you're as fiendish as some of the people I know. I would, I'd be embarrassed to look at my numbers. Yeah, and then if you cut, this is harder for a lot of people, but like your email off there and um, you just have like text messaging, banking, internet browser. Yeah. You're barely on your phone. I think even texting is almost, is, is becoming to a point where you need to get rid of it. Yeah. Like, dude, th- people don't talk. Like, I call no. people and they're like, what do you want? I'm like, no, pick up the phone, dude. I want to talk to you. Yeah. And also the fact that people can just bother you at any time. Anytime. And then you're, it's, you're it's, wrong it's because volleyball. you didn't respond. It's, it's like, like you, you didn't send the ball back. Well, what are you it? doing? We're trying to play a yeah. game here. It's like, yeah. no, dude, like, I'm doing something. <laughs> I didn't sign up for volleyball. No. Exactly. I hate that game. Yeah. Yeah, well, but I, like you said, yeah. in lacrosse, a lot of people are, they have to find the balance between, like, self-promotion look at nfl like, players look how many nfl players are big time on social media are they they're not many not well there's some narcissistic ones well the are. ones the ones that are like you know you're the guys who are showing off their outfits and stuff like exactly Listen, I get and that it. One, that's interesting i don't want to like downplay like if some people find artistic expression through outfits and they want to post it on the internet so that completely a bunch of people completely can like fine it, but lacrosse I'm, the reason why lacrosse is what it is is because it was our only way of being seen forever. And in order for exactly, yeah. and and the big the big thing was how do you make lacrosse full time? Because when I got in, twenty percent of guys were full time. Yeah. Everybody else was a weekend warrior. And doing that is part of it. This you is how to. this is how guys got there. Yeah. Whether you're promoting clinics, promoting yourself, promoting, hey guys, we're playing a game this weekend. Why don't you come on out and see us? Or I'm I'm gonna be giving away a jersey when you come to a game. Mm-hmm. That helped the entirety of the sport. You know, granted there's a handful of guys who have over 50,000 you know followers and stuff like that and 50,000 followers is nothing in the grand scheme of influencers uh, you're such a, a, a bush league influencer yeah if you but have. our bubble is so small that 50,000 that, that carries, yeah. carries weight exactly so I, like I said there is it is a very tight rope but I appreciate anybody in general who can mm-hmm. just get away from it because it is just, it's a, it's you're pulling the slot machine it's like oh man I hope exactly hope. I mean you need no more evidence than Take it off your phone for one week. See how many times you pull it out subconsciously to go on it. Put it back on your phone for two days and see how much you go on it to see how... I mean, it's not a novelty for us to say that social media... Like, there's science behind how addictive it is, and obviously their algorithms Mm -hmm. are tailored to getting you on there. But, like, you 
we said lacrosse is in a weird position where you got to grow your brand, but then you got to, well, you even, know. It's, even if you just want, let's say you're just at the base level of narcissism and you just want to be seen in the lacrosse world, mm-hmm. you have to pull your phone out and use it. You have to post your story. You have to post to the feed because mm-hmm. that's how the algorithm makes you, the more you post, the more you're pushed into people's feeds. If you don't post, well, now the, the algorithm doesn't show you as much. Really? So, yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. So, so I just got to flood the internet. So if you if you look at my story on any given day, there's probably five to ten posts in my story. I don't post onto my feed because I, uh-huh. I find that. Oh, to be, but you do stories. I do daily. stories nonstop. You're a sick man. I'm a sick man. You're sick. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm consistent. I Jerry Ragonese is in the your chat. Face was going 7. so well, Jerry. <laughs> but my name is Jerry. My name is Jerry, and I like and I like Instagram. Um, but. Like that's that's the game. So because you, have to play. you do that, you show up more on people's. I show things. up more on people's stuff. And you've got the Face Off Academy, and you want to have a following. I'm on the following, not, it's it. I want to. I want. Well, you're not a person who like. Come on, there's a difference between posting a picture of your dog and posting a picture of you in a sick outfit, yeah. like well, looking I my, cool. I hate myself, so I don't post pictures of myself. Well, yeah, <laughs> us with low self-esteem don't put direct pictures of us thinking we look good because we never look good. Yeah, very, <laughs> very rarely will you see a, just a picture of me. Unless, yeah, like, but point being, it, it's just so transparent when someone's posting something because they think they look cool. Like if it's a highlight of you doing a goal... I'm like that was cool. I enjoyed that. You know, kids you got, are going to see any that. Those and of me? They're going to emulate. Yeah, we'd have to. <laughs> we have to dig, dig pretty deep. deep. <laughs> we got high school tape of Jerry. But um, point being, like that at least has a an intrinsic value beyond like just pumping your own tires because you think you look sick. Yes. And it's like there's there's a line between. You're on the side where your your stuff is pretty. You post a lot of pictures of your dog. I like my dog. A video of you coaching at a face off mm-hmm. academy with the dog on your back, yep. which was hilarious. And it looked like it was writhing to get out. He likes the bag. He it's wanted weird. reps. Oh, does he? Yeah. Like on and that one, I actually, I have, an, uh, I have to admit, there was a lacrosse stick in the bag that he was sitting uh, on, so probably oh, wasn't so comfortable. Was uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable. But like after we got that out, he just fell asleep. Yeah, but, I mean that's hilarious. That you funny. show up to, <laughs> it's a real canine commitment to bring that puppy to. Oh, he's great. Yeah. He dances. Yeah, you got good dogs. Um, um but yeah. Well, but, point but being, if you think about it though, from. Like you said, it is it is narcissistic, but you can also tell a lot of what's going on in people's lives by their feed. If it's a lot of like, and I love doing this, this is my uh-huh. favorite. I can I can tell a person's mental yeah. stability or, or did they break up with their girlfriend? Like without ever saying anything, I can see just through the posts. Yeah. And well, the, even if it's like a picture of you walking out onto the field, which that's fine. I mean, you yeah. want to promote the game, you want to promote the, and then they don't post that week. They're like, oh, he's not on the roster. Oh, because it, if he you, was, if you haven't he noticed, you haven't seen any pictures of me. <laughs> yeah, lately. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like when no, guys you're, you're, you're are, when things are going well, you know. When things are going there. well and it behooves you, you'll post. Nope. Yeah. That's the thing. Instagram is a highlight reel. Twitter's a highlight reel. Facebook's mm-hmm. a highlight reel. Nobody posts the the people post like deaths, hey, like my grandmother passed away, she was a cherished mm-hmm. member of the Nobody posts, hey, like I didn't play well last week. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not yes. feeling good cuz I think it's a currency now. Yeah. Well, it, they're, it they're, can be, but the quality of it matters, right? It's like what you're posting matters. If to you and me. If you're someone who only... To you, you. I agree. Yeah. But, like, that's who's sitting here right now, Yeah, Jerry. but, like, to, to, like so, <laughs> so... I agree with you that the I, wider public wants fast food of content. I'll like your pictures. That can turn into tangible currency. But, like, I'm on the... I would prefer to not be a part of that. But you're right. So I'm I'll, good for me. I'm, I will, therefore, not make money off my Instagram 
and complain about it here. So but I'm just saying like that. That's the ve- and I didn't like. That's just how I feel, right? It's not. That's like who I am as a person. I didn't like run the numbers, yeah. and I'm just like, eh, not for me. Completely understand. Yeah. I have people that will introduce me as Jerry has gets like a thousand likes on his picture, and I'm like, see, that is a weird social currency. It is, but the, it's bizarre, I mean, and you, that's and that's bigger. That's that's much bigger than than lacrosse. That's people in wow. Oh, for this, sure. This guy. That's has, why I said this is a wide issue. Yeah. So p- pick your you know throwback Thursday bikini pick that. Or throwback Thursday, male yeah. looking jacked on the beach. Like, there was an incredible social. Why did Thursday ex- become a day that you can flashback Friday? Glory. Last <laughs> month Monday, like you know, it's like yeah, it, it's, it's just, like who, on, who bid on let's, that? Let's let's call it like it is. But there was an incredible social experiment. I think it was at Bonnaroo or one of those weird like Burning Man things. Um, there was like a tent that was for influencers only. Or something mm-hmm. like that. It's hard tent to get and into. And is there a number that you have to have? That's what they did. They said, okay, ladies, everybody with under half a million subscribers in this line and everybody over half a million over there. Uh-huh. And they had to go through the account. And, like, girls were, like, pu- putting up, like, saucy pictures and, like, follow me ASAP yes. type of thing. It's like, that's a that's a crazy, like, that's a crazy head game. Well, it is. Yeah. And relating it back to lacrosse, it, the people in the PLL who have, like, a ton of followers – they get paid more, right? Am I wrong? I mean, I think they definitely used it as leverage. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there, were exactly. con- there were definitely and contract think, negotiations. Like, there are guys who have way less follow, way less of a following, not household names, that are better point producers than, or more solid defensemen. Pick it, like Joe Fletcher doesn't. Joe Fletcher post doesn't on the have internet. Instagram. Does he? I don't know. Like, like, like that's a pure. Brian Carolunas. Brian Carolunas. Yeah, they just like, don't care. They like yeah, playing it's not the your sport. Thing. Yeah. yeah, they make. You know the rest of it. Like he can do it without posting on the internet. Yep. Grant, he's not. However, a, if you look, well, you look at those guys who aren't posting. They're not full-time lacrosse guys. They that's have, what I mean. They have like the that's, lawyers. That's, or, that's or, where or, I was saying they don't exactly have the tents set up. I at think the PLL, if you, if you but paid there are financial me, brackets around who can get more money because they have an Instagram following. Let's say that like, let's not even talk about football money. Let's say hockey money. Guys are getting five-year deals for like five million dollars. Mm-hmm. You can live a very nice life. Yeah. In a five million dollar contract over five years. You can make 50K and yeah. do just fine. But I'm just, I'm just saying when people go like, <laughs> you know, when they, they talk about sports, they go, you're not making a million bucks. Like, yeah. you're not a real athlete. Uh-huh. You know, that's that's like the that's like the number, like, yeah, in, yeah, in your exactly. reptile in the, brain. The, you know, pro athletes, the, you know, yeah, exactly. they make, that's the kind of money they make. I wouldn't post on social media because you're giving, because uh, I think about it like war. It's like mm-hmm. you're giving somebody information. Yeah. Like, and do you think, so, like, does LeBron post a lot on Instagram. I think he's like one of the most hated guys on social media because he does like a lot. He does a lot, and people like when you're that when you're that well, big, you you're always under a, a microscope. Yeah, like no, but don't everything you think you there's do. a bit of a a built-in arrogance to documents? It's like your life is so unique that twelve instances in your day should be on the internet, or do you think that some people are so gifted and talent? I mean, LeBron's a good example that people get value from seeing what they do in their day. I think The Rock's a good example. He it, should post as much as it's possible. It's 4 a.m., I'm in the gym, yeah. you're soft, like, for not doing this with yes. me. Oh, by, so oh, there are oh, you're, oh, you're busy? I'm, I'm filming six different movies right now, and I'm still in the gym. Oh, and I'm still eating the yeah. ocean out of halibut or exactly. whatever. I think there's a social good in that. Yep, me too. I think Gary Vee's another guy. I think he's a little rah-rah, but, like, you yeah. know, hey, man, go, me with that. go sell your old Pokemon cards and make – you know, 15 bucks and uh-huh. you know, okay, fair. Like I get it. I understand what you're saying. Go and do mm-hmm. stuff. But there's also guys who are like, Hey, I'm on a beach. 
I'm still on the beach. The beach is dope. Like, if I, if I ever catch myself yeah. doing that... Like it's I, almost like... And I've done it before. I've, uh -huh. I've been on the beach. I just write, my life rules, kill yourself. Like, because, wow, like, Jerry. that's that's basically what I'm telling the world. Yes. Is, like, and I'm just going to cut to yeah, it in a, okay. in a self So there's a line. Way. Yeah, there's, there's a line for yeah. stuff. Agreed. Vegas is a very good... And you do Vegas well. Like, I like I like a Matt Gibson get Vegas. Um, uh, the, you'll see why I'm happy you brought that up yeah. at the end. Like, um, when, when you're in Vegas, things are supposed to stay in Vegas. It's like, but, like, I know people are in Vegas right now, and I know exactly what's going on in Vegas. Yeah, it's like the city of Las Vegas sponsored an, or the state of Nevada I'm not sure where the funding came from sponsored a what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas like this is from the state down trying to get you to not post on Instagram but you want that credit mm -hmm. so much anything you want to be at that pool party and well that's I've done it I'll, I'll do it again oh, too Jerry. I'll do it again too I'm, I'm, I'm as human I as the next you. Let's, next time you go to Vegas I'm never going post back I'm never going I went, I went into Vegas back. for a wedding I flew in and I flew out on the same day why? Not Have a Vegas just guy. Had, had too, oh, really? I just don't like Vegas. Yeah, you gotta come with. Come I, I'm, with me. I'm gonna come with you. I want to like eat hot it's dogs. It's a little bit and less glamour and glitz. Yeah, it's. Uh... At this point in my life, like I feel like at 26, like and up, like I want to meet interesting people. I don't want to do like, like easy things. Yeah. So, like, Speaking of, yeah. you just Jerry was telling me he just shot a little pilot for a food type of thing, but I always had the idea that it would to do like a. Anthony Bourdain for like dive bars and restaurants where you instead of the local you know co food connoisseur you have you know Jerry who hasn't missed happy hour in eight years and, and like, why you still here yeah what, and then how the bar speaks to the the neighborhood at large a good example would be like a Yankees bar in the Bronx mm -hmm. like the history in it why this bar is like it is why it serves the food it does and why this local who has a mishappy hour in 10 years i'm like so intrigued like, i want to watch this it. now yeah well it's an idea of hole in the wall is what i wanted to call it but anyway that's a tale for a different day just to wrap up here let's just talk oh it's almost what, over no can't be what are you, well i'm looking down and we're <laughs> two hours in are we really yeah let's flew I see by. Them setting up lunch so come on plus we got you got to get back on instagram i don't I do. hold you up too much um pokemon go but yeah, like just moving forward, what what's in store for you? You're gonna keep playing in the PLL. I'm gonna keep. Coaching. I'm gonna keep going until they tell me I can't do it anymore. Until they take it away. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not too proud. I'll, I'll like oh. everything else in my life. I'll snake. Yeah, you ought to. Snake. Steel. You Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Well, you're not. You're still. I, I, well, I think, within I think the window our, of being I think able to do it. Our very brilliant friend Mark Wasini said that the new like peak of athleticism is thirty-one to thirty-three. Yeah, I mean it's probably people over 25 were pushing for that theory yeah. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do hear that you could i mean look at you know yarmir yager yeah. lebron these guys you can you can keep playing if yeah. you want i to. feel healthier now than i did when i was at 26 i was too heavy at 26 mm -hmm. like, yeah so keep playing as long as you can you yeah. get the face off academy you're gonna keep doing that keep doing everything and then you're gonna get your shot the food pilot. yeah shot the food pilot we're trying to like kind of what you said like i mean uh, i know everybody wants to be the next anthony bourdain but picking uh -huh. a bourdain style show where it's not the food is secondary to yep. the person yeah and i think that was always really interesting sure. about you know the no reservations and, and stuff like that yeah. is it wasn't like oh you come here for the best duck confit it's like yeah i'm here with tom and tom worked in he was a uh, an interviewer in syria for mm -hmm. five tours and now he's over here and yeah you know and he happens to be french like how does this stack up to exactly. the french, I like french that. duck yeah and it's not just like 
food bites of like, oh, this is just dynamite. Yeah, there's a, that, that's that's cabal. Like, yeah, that's that's again, yeah, that's that's it's, easy content. The, the food is impre- it speaks for itself, and the person and their story is like the, the food is basically part. the B roll to get you in. Yeah, you know, that's, exactly. And now yeah. now let's talk to a person. Precisely, and you've got the the personality to be able to chat with people. Like I'm sure that's going to be entertaining. Are you going to put it on YouTube? Yeah, probably on YouTube. I mean, on, that's, like that's a pretty personal cheap. channel? Or? No, I mean, I'm not exactly sure. I'm still kind of getting through. We're, sh- we're shooting the first few episodes, so gotcha. we have a well, bit of some stuff in the Well, you're a athlete. I'm giving you a chance to self-promote your online presence. Come on. Uh, Flogo37 <laughs> on Instagram uh, and Twitter. Uh, I don't use Facebook. LinkedIn, uh, I still get notifications on that. Right, we're going to cut them off there, <laughs> but we were happy to give you your plug. Um, just to fully wrap up, I give a book to... I've only had three guests, but... Oh, my tail's wagging. You're my third, and you brought up Vegas. This is called When the Mob Ran Vegas. I bought it. I think I might have bought it in the Vegas airport leaving, and I would recommend it as a... Oh, there's pictures. Yeah, you you don't have to. I believe the guy who wrote it is like a... He started... He's a Vegas collector. He's from Vegas, and then he started to get curious about the the early days of... uh, the strip and the mob scene and it, it you don't have to read it in one go it could be like a bathroom okay thing where you're reading have you read it tidbit. yeah okay um but it's good you can see the dark well the the crime and the organized crime and how vegas used to mm-hmm. be and they've gotten a rid, rid of a lot of uh, you know yeah there's not as much organized crime but it's safe to say that there's some oh. echoes of that book oh, i'm tickled pink still. thank you for thinking of me <laughs>